So we're back again. It's the unofficial official World Cup 2018 show. Myself, Big CJ, tonight joined with my co-host FBJ and Bobby Manns. Is VAR ruining football? We discuss it. And England, could this be the year that they do it? We will discuss that too. Tune in after this intro. Sanchez takes it. Finally, it comes for Uruguay. They lead 1-0 in stoppage time. Egypt's hearts are broken. Hagazi couldn't get to it. It's taken them so long to force it. Jimenez is the man. That's just quite quick. Well, gentlemen, welcome to this show. See, brother CJ, how are you doing, sir? I am doing very well. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, bro. So, oh, welcome, welcome, you. welcome, guys. Obviously, that's the classical Vindaloo song. And actually, they did score one more than them, didn't they? <laughs> that was an awful segue. <laughs> Jeez, it's, it's the start of the show and already cracking terrible jokes. But uh, let's, so let's get it out the way early doors. <laughs> get it out the system. Get the vibes on. Get the vibes on. How are we doing, lads? Are we all right? Are we enjoying the football? Are we enjoying the football? It's, it's, it's football Christmas right now, bro. So, yeah, exciting times for football fans. Brilliant. Football, football. So, we are going to kick off with chatting through the opening performances in the group stages. Obviously, the first game of each group, and we had the second one today, which we can talk about with Russia, who are... Well, anyway, I would leave that there for now. We'll come back to that. So, first of all, we kicked off on the 14th of June, and we saw Russia take on Saudi Arabia. What was your thoughts about this game, fellas? Um, I, I First of all, the excitement. You know, it's been uh, World Cup once every four years, so pretty excited about um, the the game starting. Um, it wasn't on paper. It's it's that game had no source. Let's tell it like it is. Russia against Saudi Arabia is not one that gets you off your hinges. However, 
the fact that it was the first game, I think there's excitement there. Um, as for the game itself, um, from from what I've what I've been told and what we've seen in the media, that the Russian people didn't really think much of Russia going into the build up, which I think is a bit harsh, because two years of friendlies, you can't really judge a team on that. But nevertheless, um, they came out and, and, and put in a thoroughly good performance. I, I kind of personally think, though, question just how good are Saudi Arabia? Because this isn't the first time that they've taken a walloping in, um, in World Cup, in their, their very first game of a World Cup campaign. They, uh, they lost to Absolute to walloping. They, they lost to Germany 8-0 um, in 2002. So to follow that up with another... Walloping this time round, yeah, they, 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 yeah, yeah, it wasn't a good advert for Saudi Arabian football and um, the World Cup being what it is a competitive uh, competition. But fair play to Russia, they did their job and uh, restored a bit of confidence to to their fans and their people. Look, I've got to jump in and say a couple of things in there, FBJ. I mean, the truth of the matter is this. I, I, first of all, I believe that Russia were playing on a hype. I just what I believed because they were the home team. The home crowd was behind them. I could hear it literally in my living room when I was watching the game on the radio, wherever you were watching it, you could feel the tangible support from that amazing Russian crowd. And I, I thought they were just playing on the hype. But then, then when you look at some of the goals they scored, I think you put any top class Champions League winning keeper in the net and they would struggle against those strikes, you know. Um, the free kick that was taken, fantastic free kick. You know, I don't know many keepers who could say that. We saw a similar free kick in the Portugal game. I know it was a better free kick. Um, but also, the outside of boot finish to the top corner for the fifth goal was pretty incredible, in my view. In my view, you know. Um, so, we'll come to breakdown. Uh, Bobby Manns, what do you, how did you feel about seeing President Vladimir Putin <laughs> opening proceedings. Oh, boo. Nah, nah. I, I won't go into politics. We'll leave that for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your thoughts about these new boys that came in, Saudi Arabia? Um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I, mean, I don't know how you both watched it live. Clearly, you don't work during normal work hours, lucky guys. Just I'm a disclaimer. <laughs> I did not watch it live. Just a disclaimer, just in case my boss happens to put my name in somewhere and I come out on some search... I don't want my backside fired. So just a disclaimer that I may have seen this game in other means. Okay. Right. Uh, no, 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 no disclaimer needed for FBJ. How I watched it with my, with my, with my manager and my teammates and uh, yeah, yes, man. I saw that picture. I was like, I'm working for the wrong company here. To, like to, 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 to hell, yeah, to hell with thought. protocol. <laughs> the hell of protocol. We're watching it live, baby. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> love that. Love that. Uh, just another disclaimer, I work for a fantastic organisation. Anyway. <laughs> of course it's true. So, so I, I, I watched it uh, in the evening uh, via the means of highlights. So it's difficult to gauge your game from highlights, I suppose. But I do follow in with what you said, CJ. There is always that, that feeling, isn't there? That groundswell of support and emotion that you have and passion when there's a home nation playing in the major tournament. We saw it with France at the Euros two years ago. Okay. Uh, we You always see the home nation's Tend to overachieve regardless of what's going on. So that was that was impressive from Russia's point of view that that they they rose to the occasion of putting the performance. Regardless of Saudi Arabia, yeah, I kind of look towards what FBJ just said. It's not 
they came into the tournament as one of the weaker seeds. They they had the pressure of, of the opening night of the game. They mm. played some good football from the back, and I think tactically they had the, the right system in place, but just made some elementary errors effectively. You're right, the goalkeeper couldn't really do anything with any of the goals, but he should have to be saved those shots. Yeah, yeah the and best. then you know, and then and then you go back into wait, hold on, let's rewind. So any good team that has a decent striker in the World Cup paid <coughs> much money to do what they're doing will score those goals. Then you've got to ask yourself, how did the goal opportunity come about? And I think I think that's where Saudi Arabia really let themselves go because they weren't organised. They were giving yeah. away free kicks. Yeah. The ball was too in open spaces and, you know, Russia were clinical and punished them for it. Um, they had 78,000 people attending Luzninki Stadium, um, which, you know, that was, I could hear that loud and clear. Now, one thing I was impressed about with Saudi Arabia before it went to 1-0 was that, they, you know, in small areas, they could play football. Yeah, I completely agree. In small areas, they, you know, Russia was chasing shadows in small areas. The, the only negative they have is, you know, you can play uh, tiki-tack football <clears throat> in a 10-yard area, but it makes no sense if you're not going to go forward and put in a good uh, last third ball into the box for a really good chance. And I think that's what Saudi Arabia need to work on. I mean, they're, gonna, they're up against Uruguay next, and... Um, you know, they're going to be running for their money. We, you know, so anyway, let's move on onto the next game, uh, which was later on on the Friday, and we saw Egypt take on Uruguay. Now, first of all, there is an elephant in the room. I'm not sure about you. I can, <laughs> I can, I can barely, I can barely move because this elephant is, is squeezing me up. But Mo Salah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's all I can say when you say those those, those two words together. Uh, uh, Del Piero mentioned yesterday, didn't he? How um, when he got injured in the Champions League final, the whole of football felt sad, and I think that sadly carried on to to Egypt's campaign this 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 tournament. They played well, I thought, as Uruguay. They held their own and they were compact, and hard to break down. But the last minute goal was a real. Yeah, a real emotional blow, and that, I don't think they've recovered since. I won't go into what happened today or tonight, but yeah, Egypt's campaign has, has looked doomed from the start because of Salah's injury, sadly. Yeah, and you know, the sad thing is, they were a really prominent team coming out of Africa, FBJ, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, um, they. The, a bit like what Bobby Manz has just said, the minute Salah's injury um, occurred, that has really curtailed. Egypt's um, campaign going into it because a lot of the focus is is he going to be there? Is he going to be if he's going to be playing? And what kind of guys is he going to have an influence? So is there is there talisman? Um, I, I actually thought the performance was all right in, against Uruguay. I know Uruguay had they they shaded it in terms of possession and better chances, and Suarez had a nightmare, but. Look, at the end of the day, as long as you're not losing, you're still in the game. So, yeah. um, with, with that, they were minutes away from getting a really, really good draw. That would have kept them very much alive in the in in the in the in the group stage at that at that particular moment because of what had happened with Russia the day before. Um, and it would be effectively a shootout between them and Uruguay as to how well each one does against the other opponents. But to concede that goal. It's yeah, it made life very difficult. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I, I looked at it more of Uruguay, and I, I just thought, hmm, 
Uh, I thought Godin had a good game. Um, I, it was it was a lot about Suarez. He just seemed to be scuffing a lot of chances. Um, lack of the composure that we've come accustomed to seeing him towards his his tail end at Liverpool and very much most of his time at Barcelona. I know this season he struggled. So that was a bit of a surprise, just seeing how many times he, he, well, he just missed a good opportunities. But Uruguay, they got the winner. And that, at the end of the day, in this group stage, that's what it's all about. It's not about style. It's about substance, getting the three points on the board and, and qualifying out of the group and getting to the business end. So, you know, do you know what I like? I like, I like, Egypt, <laughs> I like that. That sounded, that sounded like a business guru. It's not about style, guys. It's about substance. You know, you've got to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you're right. You're 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 totally like right. And and what's really, I think, I, I think you guys will agree with this. What's been really impressive is the closeness of these games. You know, um, from all teams, par uh, uh, except for uh, Saudi Arabia, the closeness of these teams, Egypt, were really well organized. And had they had Mo Salah, they could have got away with a one-one draw. I truly believe that, even till now, because it just takes someone of his brilliance to have one chance. Uh, again, you're right. Suarez was was missing. He it, for me, you know, there's this rule about uh, players of world class warming up through the championship through the cup and through the tournament. However, I look around and I see that there are some players who are pretty much there already. So take Cristiano Ronaldo, which we'll come on to shortly. But for me, Egypt were unfortunate to come away with a without a point in, in that game. But that's the cruelty of of what of these tournaments. They scored in an 89th minute. It's a great header by Jimenez. You know, he plays for Atletico Madrid um, and he's a fantastic uh, you know, central half. But for me, you know, it's those dying minutes to see a game out. It's what Egypt needs to work on uh, as a whole. All right, let's move on to Group B. And the opener for that get, that group was Morocco versus Iran, which was a very interesting uh it was a game of fullness, but a game of nothingness at the same time. I'm not sure if you guys managed to watch that game. Hundred uh, percent. Again, I've I've watched I've watched pretty much all the games apart from one. <laughs> okay, I've got full coverage. Full coverage. That That's, That's right. And, and, it's, and, and it's not. It's not. It's not streaming. It's actual TV. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, with this game. With this game, this game was, I think you've hit the nail right on the head because that's the best way for me to describe it. It was, it was, there was a lot of passion. There was a lot of energy in the game, both from the crowd and from the teams, but low on quality. Yeah. Um, it was going to be one of the, these guys, I mean, this game was played, what, end of last week. They could have been playing until now. And I don't <laughs> think either team would have scored. Sure. Really. Sure. Like, like through their own merit. Sure. Um, it, it, it just, you know, it, it was like, um, it was a, it's a, I always have all, all puff and no stuff, right? Um, and right. that's how I, I, I saw it. You, you just had two teams just going for it. Um, I thought Morocco had the better chances, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They showed more quality out of the two, and and they they could feel they could count themselves a bit unlucky in the fact that they they should have collected the three points. But again, a bit like what I've said um, when we're talking about Suarez. And it's a bit, it's a bit odd. Suarez and Morocco and Iran in the same sentence. Just that lack of composure mm, mm. Um, when it, it, in the the final third, and I think that's symptomatic of not all, but it's still the difference between the emerging nations and the the, the, the heavyweights in world football. Yeah, 
that that final third and the composure, um, you know, for a lot of running, what both teams had more so Morocco, it, it just you just saw a lot of the final third, the, the you know the end product. There wasn't there wasn't anything there. That being said, Iran they've got the, the you know they whipped in a dangerous cross in that corridor of uncertainty just in front of their <laughs> six yard box, and and that is a nightmare for defenders and the goalkeeper. And and as as it proved, it was a nightmare for. Um, the Moroccan defender because he he's gone and he's gone and headed it in, uh, and it, with good quality, anything can happen. So what's really interesting, just some stats for you: um, Morocco had sixty-eight percent of possession with thirteen shots. So you know, with those type of headlines, you will be sour losing a game like that. Um, but also, what I didn't know is that Iran were unbeaten in all eighteen of their qualifying matches. So it will be interesting to look at who they played. But obviously, it's paid dividends. You know, they've won their first game in the opening uh, in the World Cup finals since 1998, which I believe they believe they beat USA 2-1. So, I mean, well done, well done Iran. Fantastic stuff. Um, but you're right. Morocco are the team of greater substance here. And really, they should be the ones who go further. Um, but that's the cruelty of World Cup finals. Every team has got the opportunity. Let's move on to our next fixture, which is a big one. Portugal versus Spain, 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 Spain. So, Portugal versus Spain. One of the games, I think I think that was game of the week, right? That was game of the week, but, you know, without without doubt. Um, for me, I... Do you know what I love about Cristiano Ronaldo? Look, let me, actually, let me rewind. Sorry, let me go back a second. Going back to what you're saying about emerging teams, this is that's a really crucial point. What I'm seeing is people who have not had this world uh, international type experience in front of goal um, seem to lack the opportunity or the composure to finish. Now, let me name but a few. So take Lewandowski for one. The most potent European uh, goal scorer that we've known throughout the last three years at least. Uh, his name is up there. But when it comes to the World Cup, the Euros, he goes missing. And and it's almost like his ability to score is always squandered. You know, so it's not hitting with his boot, it's hitting with his shin. It's not hitting with his head, it's hitting with the you know, side of his face. I've seen a lot of that from... And, and, and there's a part of me that wants to argue, is it because of the levels of intensity to now carry out the skill? It's no longer just the club level, but it's an international level, which means instead of you having three seconds, you now will have 1.5 seconds, which just changes what you do. Is, it, is that what it is? Because I'm seeing a lot of that. Um, I'll, I'll go first this one. Willardowski, I think that's a good example of someone that's had great career form at Dortmund and at Bayern Munich in recent years, but hasn't really performed well for Poland at national level. But I think a large part of it, and I, I will apologise if any Polish listeners are listening to this podcast, but I think he's playing in a weaker team with weaker players around him. So the, the chance creation is less and he's maybe snatching the chances that which come his way because he knows he might not get another one during the whole of the rest of that match. So I think it's difficult to really say because I think Messi is probably a better example because Argentina are an exceptional national side and uh, Barcelona are obviously an exceptional club side. So you, that's a question of what I would maybe place to you guys as where Chagall's replicate his Argentina form 
Um, so, why is it Gumball's first play is Barcelona form with Argentina? But with Lewandowski, my, my reasoning would be that, yeah, he just has less players of his quality around him when he plays for the country. I I think... Um, well, I've got two two thoughts. So, first of all, in terms of the, the emerging nations, I think because they have such a dearth of quality, it's more the decision-making mm. um, in the final third. That that's where I would see it. I, I wouldn't agree. necessarily I, I wouldn't necessarily put Poland in that category. I agree with Bob in the fact that they are a tier above, but Lewandowski is playing with like the teammates he's working with are are a lower quality than what he's used to. So where he would his game in in and I think I'm correct in saying this. If not, you guys will correct me. His game is a, a poacher. Um, you feed anything in, in inside the 18-yard box or in around there, you give him the ball, he will finish. He'll find a way of finishing, but you've got to get the ball to him. And that's what I mean. It comes back down to the final third and quality. Sometimes you'll find... Uh, a Muller would find him, but whoever he's playing with in Poland won't necessarily find him and whip in a cross when there's no one in the, in the box. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's, a bit, it's, a bit, it's a bit difficult for someone like Lewandowski because he's working with... a a slightly diluted uh, class in terms of quality teammates. So that's um, that's it. Just in, in his particular example, that's that's where I think it it, it differs. But um, just one quick thing before we, we move on, I think it's the opposition you're facing may not necessarily be what you're used to at club level, but that national pride, that that thing that you can't quantify. Um, you're facing that, you know, against your opponents. So, for example, um, you know, I don't want to mention too many names, but you'd have, say, Poland are playing, if we're using Lewandowski, Poland are playing um, Chad, for example. I know they're not in the World Cup, but I'm just giving an example. <laughs> sure. That, that national pride, they know that they're not particularly good, but that national pride to put their, 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 their country on the map you're facing that. So it means the players will try that much harder. So that's where it's, it's a little bit different. But um, yeah, it's an interesting point you raise, certainly. So, I mean, based on that, um, it's another it's quick thing before we move on um, was, you know, obviously my wife is Polish. So obviously I'm, I'm back in Poland and it was sad to see what they did today. But equally, I was like, go on, go on, Marnie, go on, go on. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Spanish groups, by the way. I thought we discussed Portugal and Spain. Sorry, no, no, we're, we're just flying around here. Sorry, listeners, we're getting into like personal things here. But um, she made a comment and she said that Lewandowski never shows up. And I kind of said, right, he never shows up because he's not the same type of player as a Messi. He's not the same type of player as a as a Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not a, someone who can play up front, but then come back into the deep on the midfield, pick up the ball and make something happen. Lewandowski never does that and neither would you want him to do that. It's like Harry Kane who doesn't take corners anymore. He's in the box and look at the difference it makes. So anyway, let's move on. Let's remind ourselves quickly about this wonderful game between Portugal and Spain. A little excerpt, guys. It's Ronaldo against the hair from a free kick. It's Ronaldo. So the hat trick, guys. Let's talk about this game. So thoughts, feelings, 
Portugal versus Spain. Great opening rush by 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 Ronaldo, by the way. Just before we continue, it was, it was, I thought it was a clever segue that you did talking about uh, uh, top players carrying their nation. That, that's how I saw it. That, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to cover yeah. you. Uh, no, 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 no. That's I mean, you're, there, there you're right. Though. We're going now. That's what where where's leading to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bobby, so, stay with us. Stay with stay us. With us Bob. You're awake, yeah. <laughs> Bobby, you're awake, yeah. You're awake, yeah. Coffee, coffee, mate. Coffee. Oh. Hey, listen. Uh, hello, hello. Can we get a coffee for Bobby, please? Yeah, please. <laughs> Double strong, please. Espresso, yeah. So um, basically, all right. So the game started. Christian Christian Ronaldo was forcing the issue. That's what I love. He was forcing the issue, um, and obviously um, scored the the penalty. If I, if I'm right, is that right? If my mind my my memory first goal, yeah, yeah. And so basically, he scored he scored the penalty, um, and they were one nil up. And then, you know, Spain started to get into movement, get into football, and before you knew it. That guy Costa was on the score sheet all by himself. Everything he did, he did by himself. There was no real help. He just created a goal for himself, which was fantastic to see. And you know what? Good on Costa because there are too many haters for Costa. <laughs> too many haters. People who are just cussing him. First of all, he's got to deal with the whole fact that he should have played for Brazil and he chose to play for, for, for Spain. There's that factor. And then the other factor is he's not light because he's a bit aggressive and a bit straight-faced. You know, he's not a very warm guy. But he is a hawk and that's what hawks do. They bully you. They get in the box. One, two, early shot and it's a goal. Because who drop in, CJ? Yeah, yeah, go um, for it. Thank you. Jump in whenever you like, Bobby, man. Take <laughs> over. No, I, I, none of this polite stuff, mate. Well, you know, we're, we're all civil like gentlemen here. You know, I don't want to interrupt people in the mid-flow. Sure. Um, all, all I would say is, let's go back to that, that first goal, not the Portugal one, Spain. I love that goal from Costa. Because the ball gets played into him. He's got three defenders around him. And that's the way he shields the ball. And he twists and he turns. He twists again just to get Angle to shoot at, and then he puts it right into the bottom corner. I mean, we'll go on, I'm sure, to discuss Ronaldo's uh, third goal because it was amazing, but to me, that's just as good because not many strikers in world football can, can, can bully three top cross the back, sorry, three top cross defenders like, like Costa did there and score. I thought it was an amazing individual goal. Really like that. And do you know what? You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, he took the ball down, pushed one, um, pushed uh, PK to the floor, said, see ya, mate, see ya. And then he twistled, he dazzled, he did a bit of ballerina and then slotted home, which you're right. In ter- as, as, a, as, a, as a kind of brute centre forward, that's what you expect him from them, you know? Um, the, the other part was, obviously, we saw one of the very first goal line checks um, with the shot that came from Spain, didn't cross the line. Um, you know, it was a, all in all, it, it was a great game to watch. Fantastic yeah. game to watch. And Ronaldo got his second goal, which was fantastic. Um, a shot from outside the box. But when I say fantastic, what, what, yeah. <laughs> when I say fantastic, what I mean is he caught the carrier's flu. <laughs> Too soon, FBJ. Too soon, CJ. I know, I know, I know. But I mean, what is De Gea doing? I mean, what is he? How do you make that level of error? Like that's terrible. You know, it just goes straight underneath him. You know, the the keepers are taught to put one foot behind where they're gathering the ball. 
just so that if it does slip, they've got a foot behind it. Just that's just simple, basic, ten-year-old goalkeeping college. You know what I mean? Like he should not. That should not be going in the back. Anyway, we'll move on because I'll, I'll be cussing him for the rest of the evening. Um, then we had the equalizer um, from Spain, two-two. Again, really good, by the way. Really good set piece. I like that. Very really good. nice set piece. Really nice set piece. And and that's what I like about these intelligent teams, you know, who are able to get the ball out wide. He heads the heads the ball back across, and Costa is in the right place at the right time. Just an instinctive centre forwards got type of goal, you know. Um, couldn't be any easier than that as well against a very well organised Portugal side, you know. Um, and then that dreaded moment where Portugal go behind from Spain um, and and are behind 3-2 and I you know at this point I'm thinking you know what this this game's over it's it's done I'm, I'm you know looking at the, the strike from Nacho I mean, what a goal guy yeah the, the strike from Nacho was phenomenal you know he's outside of the box I don't even think he takes a touch if I'm right if I'm right I don't even think it takes a touch. Ball comes out to him and he hits it straight away from outside the 18-yard box. And wow, that coasts nicely in off the post and beats. If you look, if you look a bit of beats, um, obviously the hair again. Yeah. So, sorry, not the hair. Not the hair. You know, um, look at it from behind the goal, guys. I don't know if you see the angles of it. At one point, the ball's going wide and it's going far, far wide. It just swerves back into play. Close to the far corner, it cuts quite quite really nicely. It was a lovely, lovely strike of a goal. Great strike and glided across the. Everything was perfect about it, um, and then obviously you had the free kick from Christian Ronaldo. It's standing the way he normally stands. It's it's in the dying minutes of the game, um, and actually he really fancies his chance against De Gea here. But I think pre free kick, I, I'm watching De Gea, and De Gea for me is too far over to the left. Okay. Really too far. So if you get the chance to relook it, he, he's for me personally, he is too far over to the left. Um, to to Ronaldo's left, by the way, that would be De Gea's right. Too far over, and which means he never makes a play on the ball. But the perfection of the free kick is so high that I think even if he was in the right position, he would struggle to get to that height to stop it from going in. So when you have a look at a goal again, again, guys, have a look. I think, in my personal opinion. De Gea is too far over to one side and Ronaldo sees that and, and it's a fantastic freak and let's not take anything away from the from the hat-trick king who's now top scorer at this point in time. At this point, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to listen to some excerpts and when we come back, FBJ will rejoin us because he's dropped out somehow. Well, someone, what's that new Virgin Media advert where they're playing a computer game and... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I think he's been quiet for a while. He's never this quiet. He's never this quiet unless he's eating chicken. That's the only, uh, yeah, that's the only time. But when we come back, we will hear from Group C and France versus Australia. Be back in a second. Unofficial, official World Cup show. What a sad penalty. Cristiano Ronaldo brought down inside three minutes. Well, it's contact. Nacho's foot that came out. Yeah. It's a penalty. Cristiano Ronaldo against David De Gea. 1-0. Cristiano Ronaldo for Portugal. Four minutes out. It's Ronaldo against De Gea from a free kick. It's Ronaldo. 
Cristiano Ronaldo! Sensational free kick! A brilliant hat-trick! Welcome back to the second segment of the unofficial official World Cup show 2018 from Russia. How are we doing, Bobby? You good? I'm good, bro. Good. Welcome back, FBJ. How was your break? FBJ, are you with us? <laughs> I am. I am now. Yeah. Oh, I'm great. Just Fantastic. FBJ, it seems like you haven't been paying your phone bill, mate. Exactly, mate. <laughs> Me? Come on. Social media. <laughs> Talking about. We were just chatting about the Virgin Media advert with the guy playing the computer game and he saves his mate and then his mate's broadband drops. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll come back to the program. Welcome back, folks. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls. We've got FBJ in the room. FBJ, say hello to your people. Hello, people. Uh, we've got Bobby Manns in the room. Say hello to your people, Bobby Manns. Hello, people, Bobby Manns. And you got myself, Big CJ. So we were just going through the group stages of the, the early opening group games of the World Cup finals. And we got to Portugal versus Spain. And yeah. FBJ, was there anything else you wanted to add to Portugal versus Spain? We pretty much covered all of it. And going into oh, France versus what? Australia. But I'm sure there are some Hold on a second. you, you want to say. So, so I've been cut off. Is that is that what you... No, it's, I, no, I think what? We had a technical difficulty and you just dropped out. You just dropped out. So, um, but I'm <laughs> sure... What, okay, let's talk... Let, let, let's, let, Nacho's goal. What do you think of Nacho's goal? Before I continue, people people are trying to shut FBJ down. Trying to shut <laughs> FBJ down. <laughs> you can't um, blame... Listen, uh, don't, don't blame the Russians. Was, they won't let us back, all right? <laughs> um, do you know what? Because as soon as you guys talked about it, I, I'll give my quick thoughts. For me, this was, um, I, I planned my Friday night on this. Once I saw the games and the draw and the lineup, I'm like, right, the World Cup starts here, two heavyweights. Um, Ronaldo, what more can you say about the man? Um, I'll go into a little bit more detail about him, but you asked me about Nacho's goal. It's brilliant. Um, I, you know, out from, the, from uh, his right foot, for great, great distance, a contender for goal of the tournament. Um, oh, goal of the tournament, eh? The contender, that oh, and the, oh. the forgotten the, the rushing guy's name, the one you talked about with the, the, the flick from the outside Dark. of the screen. Uh, oh, oh, I, I'll find it, but you, Karen. Yeah, anyway, that, that fell off. Um, yeah, so brilliant goal for Spain to get into to the lead. But I want to talk about, uh, and, and, and fairness to Spain, they came back. And we're, we're close to winning the, 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 you know, getting a vital three points against the, the, the Iberian rivals. But for me, we need to talk about this man, Ronaldo. I mean, this guy, this guy, he is just, the guy is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's, he's, he's something else. Um, you want to talk about a, a, a guy who's carrying the hopes of a nation um, entirely on, his, on, on, on the end of his toes. That's the guy. And he loves it. He absolutely <laughs> he loves, does. It. He does. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. He's. I can't speak about um, guys who were sixties and seventies. Maybe Bob can because he, he remembers it fondly. But I, I have, um, there we go. It's more, the more Nigerian jokes, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Stamp out racism. Stamp out. Racism. <laughs> but um, but uh, I've, I've never. I don't think there's ever been a player who who wants that level of pressure. 
you know, the bigger the game, the bigger the people. He wants it. He, he covets it. And, you know, look, put all the pressure on me. Whereas some some would, would run away and don't want that. And that's, you know, I'm including big and, 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 and maybe not so many talented players. They, they would run away from it. This guy loves it. He loves it. He absolutely loves the opportunity to show off. Um, yeah, he won the penalty, which he dispatched. Um, De Gea was... Well, I thought I thought Carrios was in goal for Spain with that second. Yeah, that, that's joke that CJ made about a minute ago. <laughs> oh, okay. right. No, no, that's fine. Right. No, no, no. It's, it's great that we're on the same page. That's good. <laughs> and, um, and the final goal, um, the, he won the free kick on his own. And and the thing is, I, I, I'm pretty sure most of us, the minute he got a free kick, even the commentators said it when uh, for those who are who are listening here in the UK. Um, uh, he, he, as soon as he got it, you knew. Yeah, we've seen. We've, we know how this goes. We know how it goes. And he just put it in the back of the net, and he made the hair look pretty ordinary. And that's, if not the best, one of the best keepers in the world. He just made them look, made them look ordinary. So, he's he's a fantastic, fantastic footballer. And I, I just think that whatever happens with in this tournament and in this career. I think we've been really privileged to have seen this guy um, effectively show up. Yeah, do you know what? You're right. It's, it's, it's actually, do you know what? So much so that a good friend of mine who was recently in Portugal told me that in Portugal, there is a museum of Ronaldo. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't wow. be surprised. And, and I, you know what? I support it. I support it. Because it. He, he really does. I know that their main guy was Eusebio, but I, I think this guy is, he's, he's their, he is their guy, you know, because he's, he's just, he's, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I could talk endlessly about him, but I know we've got other games to talk about. And maybe we, if, if Portugal progress to the last stages, we might get more time. But I think he's just phenomenal. There, there is one major part, actually, Thank you for sharing that with us. That has just jinked my memory. That Spain had diversity um, coming into this. Well, I say diversity had some adversity. Diversity, adversity coming into <laughs> this game. Let's not forget the shot departure of their boss. Ah, of course. Yeah, ahead of key, key point. Yeah, and actually, did you did you guys see the rallying of the troop to show solidarity and union and being together and unity and strength and togetherness before they went into the tunnel to get changed to come back out? Because I picked that up when I watched that game. That almost to show that look, just because there's been changes in our headship, doesn't mean that it's going to have an effect. And and they were in an adverse place, which I think Portugal knew. But for me, it shows great character to even know that they almost won the game with that over the head. That's how much quality they have in their side. So. I, I kind of agree and, and, and disagree on that. I, I think the quality for is... I think, I think, yeah, at this late stage, fair enough. It's not ideal that a manager... Your, your manager goes. But I also think, and not to skim over, I think the quality that they possess... And with it being a big game, I, I I always thought they'd be up for it. My thing is how it's it's the tournament. They're not here to make up the numbers or this one particular game against Portugal. It's they are bona fide contender to win this. And and with him with the manager going, um, Spalletti, I think I said pronounce his name, 
with him going, how does this affect their long-term ambitions for, for this tournament? Um, I think that's where the question comes. So we'll see anyway. We will see. Uh, now let's move on to Group C. Kicking off with France versus Australia. Fellas, I've got to tell you, oh man, I love that Aussie spirit. Oh my goodness. My goodness. When they started playing and France weren't clicking, Australia were giving them a hard time. They were being rough with them. Um, they weren't allowing them to play. They were being like little bees stinging every two or three minutes throughout the game. And I'm telling you now, if it wasn't for VAR, I think Australia would have turned them over. <laughs> wow, what a statement, CJ. What a statement. Um, I, I don't normally say this, but controversial. Controversial. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> uh, I'll give my quick thoughts on the France-Australia uh, games. I, I woke up early to watch that one on Saturday. Because I'm, I'm, I was quite seeing, in my personal opinion, guys, if we're going to use a, a big or top four analogy like we used in the last couple of years in the Premier League or now as we say top six, coming into this tournament, I would have definitely said, as you did to already, Spain, obviously, definitely one of the favourites. France, I feel, are definitely one of the favourites. And the other two will come from Germany and Brazil. And then if we're going to say any other nation capable of winning it, I probably would lean towards Belgium maybe Argentina, and that would be your main six. So I was very excited. I've been obviously seeing Portugal and Spain on the Friday, thinking, okay, so now one of the big favourites coming up, which will be France on Saturday morning. But like you, CJ, I was really impressed with Australia. And this is what something that um, FPJ and I spoke off record about, is that a lot of these nations, and maybe bar Saudi Arabia so far, have come into this tournament and they've just been very well organised. They, they they know how to play the system. They know how to pass ball under pressure. They know how to work as a team and how to cut passing lanes and channels. And yeah, I thought Australia played really, really well. Uh, I thought Moy, the underscore player in midfield, particularly stood out to me. He was pay, playing the ball at two-touch pace, really, really Christmas. And yeah, I know you've got to lead towards VAR for the first goal. Personally, I thought it was the right decision in the end. At normal speed, it looks like a good tackle. And it looks like Griezmann's maybe made a meal of it or uh, exaggerated the fall. But then when you look at it again, slow down. Um, defender takes these, um, Griezmann out before getting to the ball. So it is quite fair. It is a penalty. So, do you know what? It's really interesting, right? So, um, first of all, let's look at the two goals that France scored. The two goals. So, the first one... For me, personally, I think he got the most minute touch of the ball when he was tackling Griezmann. That's what I think, because the camera view that I saw, um, I saw slight movement before Griezmann took some movement. And now, at game speed and under pressure, um, that might be a difficult call. So, personally, for me, and you know what? Having watched American football where we, you know, there's this type of technology in and out, you know, if the camera doesn't get a good angle, you're stuffed. Full stop. There are some angles that you just wouldn't get. You wouldn't be able to see the ball and all the rest of it. So that's the first thing. So the first goal was by the penalty. The penalty was a great penalty. Nice, cool head penalty. Okay, that's the first thing. The second goal was a Pogba deflection, which went in. So for me, for me, France didn't show me enough to say, do you know what? We're going to boss this tournament. And I know everyone's a slow starter, 
But based on that alone, whereas Australia, they look nearer to scoring an open goal from open play than France did, in my personal opinion. When it came down to the Australian penalty, the captain took it and it was a fantastic penalty to make it 1-1. But for me, France just didn't look with all their superstars. And I mean, Patrice Ever was chatting about it on the... On, on, on the pundits part of the commentary between the games, he was saying that there's a lot of egos there. And if they don't gel, if they don't gel and Mickey Mouse team do excuse, which Mickey Mouse team are talking about, it's going to come through. <laughs> no, but like, no, let's be real. Let's be real. These guys are high. Look, let's look at a cap. Let's look at a salary cap for France and let's look at the salary cap for Australia. It's a Mickey Mouse game. You know what I mean? In that sense. Yes, they're there on credit. Yes, they're there on merit. merit. Yeah, I, I get that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, a top eight team is a top eight team. Full stop. Yeah, but I, I made the point earlier that most of these sides come here even though they're not in the top 50 of the seedings or rankings, should I say. But they know how to play football. They know how to play a low block. They know how to get men in position to defend. I think that's a bit disparaging to say oh, France should win this one easily. I don't think it works like that, personally. Oh, is that, it's, he's got sound effects. FBJ say wrong. <laughs> FBJ, come on. Rob's on that side of the fence. I'm on this side. I'm an elitist. Rob's for the uh, under, under the underdog. What's going on? Has he gone again? Has he gone? FBJ, are you are you live and direct? Earth calling um, FBJ. Okay, all right, all right. Sort that, us out. That, sort, that's Virgin sort, Media. Sort us out. Sort us <laughs> Virgin <laughs> Media. <laughs> Oh, FBJ! FBJ, just to let you know, you are struggling, fella. Are you underwater? I swear, FBJ. Listen, are you calling from the war zone, mate? You know what it is? You know what it is, CJ? He's on dial-up. Oh, Hey, FBJ, we we can't hear a word you're saying, you know. So, do you know what? This is probably a. Oh, oh, no, no. No, we can't hear none of that. So we're going to a break. We're going to a break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is unofficial, official podcast show. We were just talking about Nigeria playing Croatia and how lackluster Nigeria were. It's interesting. When they played the friendly against England, they looked like they were up for it. They had shape. They had attacking prowess. You you saw all different types of players getting involved. They looked lively. Whereas this time around, they all looked like they were all out in in the middle of Moscow the night before (laughs) with a few Moscow females... Having a whale of a time. Thing is, CJ, how do you know they didn't do that? We don't know. We don't know. And if there's anybody who's got direct links to the Nigeria team, please do get in touch to verify this fact because we need an explanation as to why they were so poor. I mean, in all my time of watching Nigeria, that is the poorest I've ever seen them. It was really worrying, actually, because Nigeria are a very good side. The Super Eagles are a fantastic side. And when they are about their football, they're very difficult to stop. When they're organised, they bring that brute African strength, speed and power and play great football. Um, I just didn't see any of that whatsoever 
when they played against Croatia. It was almost like they were tamed against the team. They had no shape. Everyone was running everywhere. It was, it was playground football and really worrying. I hope that they sort this out. On the other hand, Croatia looked... They didn't look bothered because Nigeria <laughs> didn't really bring a game to them. Exactly. They didn't look bothered. They just took it. It was, looked like a training game. Let's just whip the ball around, keep hold of it, kind of do, you know. It didn't look like they were really bothered. They were really comfortable. Modric was really good on the ball. Um, and, you know, there was nothing really for them to worry about. They weren't worried at all. You know, there's no threat coming from Nigeria. I just hope that the Super Eagles in their next game come out firing all or nothing. You know, that's what I like about the Iceland team. It's all or nothing together, all or nothing. You know, either we're in this and we get beat 5-0 or we're in this and we win 1-0. You know, it's that kind of mentality, not holding your cards to your chest almost. So with that segment, was there any other part you want to add there about Croatia? Modric's penalty was a smooth penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean... You made a good point, I believe, with the lack of shape from Nigeria. They, they were quite disorganised, but it was more lethargy and lack of energy that was an issue. To go to Croatia, yeah, it, it was penalty, by the way, another clear-cut one in the tournament. Uh, Sappy played by Nigeria. It was tucked away quite well by Modric. Once he got the goal, it was game over. And then the second one was... Brockman, wasn't it? No, on goal. The second goal. The it was an on goal. It was the head of the corner, wasn't it? We bounced off the defender. When yeah, the that's right. Yeah, quick. If that was a league game, you in, in like a, in the league campaign, you would say the better team got the goal in the first half, kept the ball well, killed the ball for the second half. A simple three points, isn't it? That's what you would say. A routine That's, win. That, yeah, routine win, three points. Let's let's go have a shower and chill out tonight. That's that's pretty much what yeah, that game was. Exactly. And, uh, Nigeria have to go back to the drawing board, set up what their structure is, what their attacking formations will be, what their overlapping considerations will be um, and, and play to their strengths. Don't, don't, don't just play any type of game. It's yeah, not at a World Cup. Play the game that got them there. That's what they've got to do. Yeah, I mean, they've got people like Igalo and uh, Moses and Awobi who are quick, direct players. Musa as well, Ekinacho. I mean, these are technically gifted, direct, quick, skillful players. So, why don't you look to assist in every 4-4-2 Play with pace, high pressure. Use your strength. which is your strength. Yeah, I exactly. The, 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 I think with, with this group, you look at the, the four teams, so four nations in there, Croatia, Iceland, I've seen there in Nigeria. If you were putting it on seedings and overall quality, you put I've seen there in Croatia as one and two. Iceland probably three and Nigeria four. But there isn't a massive gap. I mean, I think I've seen the strongest team in that group. There is a massive gap, I think, between Croatia, Iceland, and Nigeria on any given day. So, Nigeria's only comfort is, is that if they can pull off a shock in one of the other two games against Iceland and Argentina and get a positive result, they're still trying to make it through. That's right. And, and, and if this is a slow starter for them and they get through, then great, fantastic. But they've got to sort out what it is that they, they've got to do what they did to get them there. They've got to play like they played against England at Wembley. That's what they've got to do. Second and if half. They, second yeah, half, second yeah. half. Yeah, <laughs> second half. And if they do that, I, I, I believe that they will come up with a shock result. Let's move on to Costa Rica versus Serbia. <clears throat> oh, Group E now. Group E. 
Costa Rica versus Serbia. I didn't actually watch this game because at this point I was at work. So just a disclaimer, <laughs> I was doing some work. FBJ is not here at this point, but when we go okay. to the break, he'll he'll he's he'll we'll bring him back into the room. Okay. Um, but yeah, Costa Rica, Serbia. If we've not watched that, we've not watched that. Um, again, what I did see from the small bits that I did watch, um, the highlights, yeah, was Kolarov's header. Which yeah. was oh no, it's free. Sorry, his the free, free kick, kick was free yeah. kick. Sorry, his free kick, which that was superb. Him. Which is yeah. superb. You know, that's a top class player who plays very good football um, day in day out and beat Kalor Navas in a very good free kick. You know, Kalor couldn't get to it, and Navas is a good keeper as we saw in the Champions League final. Um, and 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 that's that can't be taken for granted. Costa Rica looked good. You know, it's a very it was a very impassioned game from what I could see. It was a very impassioned game, but I I didn't watch enough to say that I know exactly what happened. So at this point, we will take a quick break and bring FBJ back in the group. If you're listening, please follow us through our podcast World Cup 2018 Pod on Twitter. Um, share this podcast to friends and family who are following the World Cup. If you've got any questions for us, do have a chat. And actually, before we go. Bobby Mans, I think it will be worthwhile talking about the four four worst moments in in World Cup history. So let's uh, okay. let's do that. So we, we, did, we, we didn't prepare this, by the way. So. No, no, we didn't prepare this. This is totally off the cuff. So we've got four situations, and I'm going to tell you who, what they are, and, and you're going to give it a rating, whether it's fourth, third, second, or first. All right. Wow, so okay, cool. Germany run riot against Brazil. That was a seven-one victory, okay, in Brazil, right? Okay, okay. You got the Suarez bites Cellini. <laughs> so two from the last World Cup, okay. Okay. <laughs> You've got Rijkaard spitting at Vola. Oh, ninety ninety. Remember that well as a child watching that. Okay. And you've got. Zidane headbutts Matsurazi. Oh, final. Those, those are four pretty inexplicable. Well, one, one's the feet, and then the three others are just, yeah, acts of shame. Uh, surely the seven one's done before because Germany did anything wrong to play football on one against a poorly organized German, sorry, Brazil team with a home nation. So, would you agree with me with that one? That has to be done before because it's not really nasty. It's just. A shame, right? So, I'm having to say that, unfortunately, based on the poll that was put up as to what is the what order they go in, so loads yeah. of readers were, were 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 asked about this. It ranked number three. Really, number so, three. So spitting, headbutting, and biting a seen as. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, oh, okay. I think that's mainly. Loads of Brazilians got caught caught up in this uh, <laughs> consultation, and and made it clear that this was a a great shame as a whole. Okay, what was your number? Given that that was number three, what do you think number four is? As in the work, as in like the least, there, least, yeah? yeah, least out of those four. If anyone says Italian ninety Vola and Rykov, it's because of age because they remember it. That was disgusting, man. But I'm guessing that maybe four because most of our, our listeners and viewers may not have been aware of that one. Is that my right? Bidding, you are correct. 
guys, they spat each other on the football pitch. They spat in each other. Nowadays, oh, police wear face guards <laughs> to prevent people from spitting at them when they're arrested. And yeah, okay, we're talking about people who have, have a very shady lifestyle. But spit is spit carries DNA, which could carry stuff, you know. It's just not very pleasant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the man... On live TV as well, you know. I mean, a football pundit, an ex-footballer that CJ and I both know, because we're fans of the club he played for, Jimmy Carragher, almost lost his job a couple of months ago for spitting at someone whilst driving. So it's it's really a quite hellacious offence to do. So, yeah. That's right. That that would be my two or my one two on this, but our fans are crazy. There's nothing for them. Yeah, so that's the fans' <laughs> men, mental <laughs> mental assault. Um, number two, what do you think number two is? Right, so it's Suarez biting Chelani or the Zidane. I think Zidane Hepa has to be one because of the final Zidane's last ever game as a competitive footballer. So yeah, I put number two Suarez biting Chelani. Kading, you hey. are correct. Suarez I, biting Chelani. We did not discuss this beforehand, people. This is completely unprepared. So okay. Unprepared. You know your stuff, <laughs> mate. That's good stuff. Fantastic stuff. So, yes, uh, he bit him. Uh, and the, what a what a moment. I couldn't believe it. We were talked about it for ages. And actually, I was kind of stuck between a, a pillar and a hard place because of two reasons. The first one being the fact that he actually bit this guy and he actually plays for Liverpool. Or he played for Liverpool at that point That's in time. Yeah. Uh, and then he went and handballed the ball on the line to defeat, to I, deny I, Ghana. You, well, I'm surprised you didn't put that in the poll because 2010 handball in Africa as well. That was a big deal, man. That was a big deal. And I'm surprised that he's still working the earth today. <laughs> you CJ on, so FPJ on off of that one. You two together could probably do an hour podcast on that moment. That, that moment. <laughs> that moment. Do you know what? Those mo- I've got loads of those moments, innit? Carriers, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, and yes, number one was Zinedine Zidane headbutting Matarazzi in the final of 2006. Oh, no. It was such in his a last crazy ever moment. international football game. He just lost his lid. And, you know, Zinedine Zidane is normally the most sound guy ever. Mate, there, there, there were lip readers on, on, on point at that point afterwards, discussing what they were said. The interviews after the Ratchet's family and friends about the interviews with Zidane. I'm not going to repeat what was allegedly said by Ratchet to, to to Zidane, but it was quite um, quite salacious comments about Zidane's mother, I believe. Um, so I won't go anything there, but you understand why a player would be provoked that way. But the headbutt was just crazy. Some people were saying that it was something to do with him borrowing in his PS4, sorry, PS3 <laughs> pad. <laughs> He said to him, I think you lost like a FIFA, remember? And then he snapped. Snaps. Like, oh, no, Snaps online FIFA. You never told me X was shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, fantastic. Right, we're going to take a break and bring FBJ back in the room. You've nice been listening one. to Big CJ, Bobby Mans, and FBJ to return on the unofficial official World Cup show 2018. Rojo. Argentina off and running, and it's Kunaguero. What Tigerson? Bjarnason, Finn Bogerson, one-one. Alfred Finn Bogerson with Iceland's maiden World Cup goal. And did not hesitate. Messi is denied. Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi. 
Denied from the spot by Hannes Haldorsen. Give headway now, Marcelo. What a way to start for Brazil. What a hit from miles out. Coutinho. Brazil lead at the World Cup. And that's what the world has wanted to see from Brazil. Who level? Turned in and his celebration led by the goal scorer Zuba. 1-1. Welcome back, FBJ. How are we doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Really good, really good. We just got finishing talking about Costa Rica and Serbia. Um, we didn't actually manage to see that game, so I wonder if you had any information, punditry about that game? I was actually out. That's the one, that is the only game I did miss. Um, uh, yeah, all I remember is it's, it was a gem of a free kick, but unfortunately not much to add to, uh, <laughs> to the proceedings. Uh, yeah, I mean, the goal, the goal itself was the... Um, Cholera, wasn't it? The cholera free kick. Um, it's a very mm-hmm. impassioned game from what I saw in the highlights. Um, but that's about all we've got to cover. So Costa Rica, Serbian fans, we're really sorry, but we didn't watch again. We can't do it all unless you want to pay us to do it, which we will happily, gladly receive a contract to watch all games and be paid for. And we'll move on to the Brazil versus Switzerland game. Now, this game started off with a fantastic momentum with Brazil really showing off all the Brazilian skills that we always look forward to whenever it comes to them playing football. Would you agree? Yeah, the, the uh, magic square, as I call it, the, the front, front, front four, or fab four, if you want to call it. Um, yeah, I, do you know what? And, and I'll keep this very brief. Is is exciting start. Um, by the Brazilian team, um, and obviously the crowd played their part in what 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 seemed to be an exciting uh, match. But the thing that looked pretty evident to me, you know, we were talking about France and um, they were, they were playing as individuals. That's how it felt, particularly with the front four players. They seemed to be playing as individuals, um, in the fact that. Uh, I think there was a stat where the, the, the front four have only played seventy seven minutes together, and it showed. Um, Mm. Neymar was wasn't fit. Jesus had moments, and he, he, he there was an unbelievable turn, which um, he could have got a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty, but they they didn't seem to gel completely as a foursome. Um, so I was I'm I'm a bit unconvinced. That all I'll say is that I think the manager has to have a make a call. If if Neymar, who I believe, depending on when people are listening to this. Um, he, he, he came out of um, Brazilian training um, uh, with, uh, with uh, he hobbled off. Yeah, that's he right. clearly doesn't look fit. He clearly doesn't look fit to me. So right. I, I think perhaps maybe he, he should be on the bench. Um, and also, I would question whether Jesus should start the next game. Because I, I think he felt he looked a bit out of sorts, to, in my personal opinion. I'm not mm. really sold on him. Mm. I think Firmino would give you more, um, and he will link up better with with that that dynamic um, forward players that Brazil have. So that's uh, that's 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 one to look for. Um, but in saying that, again, Switzerland carry on the theme. There is no such thing as an easy game. 
yeah. they, they 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 blitzed their qualifying. They lost. Sorry, they won their first nine games, lost the final game, and had to go into the playoffs, um, which they beat. I believe it was Northern Ireland. I think, if I'm correct, yeah. Um, so they've got their own pedigree, and they're no mugs. Um, I thought Barami, Barami, the former West Ham player, I thought yeah. he was immense. Yeah. He, he he had um, Neymar on lockdown. Um, yeah, so it's 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 mixed back group a little bit because what you know on paper people would think Brazil should walk this group. Now it's like mm, okay, there's a bit of work to be done. Yeah, yeah, I took and you know what? Let's let's talk about the goals. Um, Coutinho's goal. I mean, we, you know, as we've declared before, as Liverpool fans, we we've seen Coutinho line that up in that same position on the pitch that same type of angle and bend it around the keeper into the far corner. Um, and I've de- seen him do it time and time again. It's just something I believe he practices off the field in his own time and has become really good at it. And actually to do that at that world stage with that kind of class is phenomenal, as we would agree. However, goals like that are nullified by simple goals by the opposition. you know, And it kind of takes away... Because I about some goals goals of the tournament so far. Katina's goal will be in part of that right now. Aguero's goal will be part of that right now. Um, the goal from Russia will be part of that right now. And I would say Nacho's goal will be part of that right now. Um, and I think those four are contenders. But to play that great, intricate, stylish football and still come out 1-1, for me, is really disappointing. Really disappointing. I, I, and I don't know how I feel about that, but really disappointing. Um, but that's just me from my kind of coach head. That's not good enough. You've got to do better. You've got to beat these teams. But you're right. No teams are mugging this, and we've seen that time and time again. I don't think there was a goal. There was a game with, without a goal, actually, throughout this so no, we, we we haven't had a goalless game thus far. So apparently, it's a record since two thousand and two that we've gone this far without a goalless um, game. Certainly, in the first first round of fixtures. So it bodes well. It really does bode well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 the second round of fixtures are always the key ones. But um, yeah, Brazil have got work to do to a degree. Um, and and I think I think just before we move on, I think Switzerland's goal. Should you know? I, I'm happy it stood. I think that the, the the player is right in the middle of the goal, not really being taken care of by the defenders. There was an argument that he pushed, but pushed the defender, but it was minimal. Mm. Um, what, what I don't want to see as a football fan, I don't want to see um, the physicality taken out of what is a is, is a contact sport. Um, and and I know VAR looked at it, and and they also agreed that the game the, the goal stand, but. Defenders have just got to be stronger. You know, do your job. Don't rely on someone sitting in a te- television um, truck to do your job. You know, you've got to mark the man properly. He's right in the middle of, you know, in front of the goalkeeper. He is right in front of the goal. You do your job. He doesn't score. But, you know, that's that's that's, that's another story. But, yeah, yeah no, another no. quality game. So we'll move on to, I think, the shock of the week which is Germany versus Mexico or Mexique in certain languages. Uh, wow. That's what that's, I'm going to start with. Wow. 
I'm going to start with wow. And you know what? When I was watching that game, it, it looked pretty tense. Germany had their chances. They, they, you know, I think this is the, I think the, the last game they, I have to, I, I'm sure this is the first time that they've lost the opening game in a long time. But when they did do so, they won in the final um, or they lost to someone in the final. So, you know, Germany, I think will bounce back from this. But Mexico, Mexico gave them a game and a half, absolutely, and was on top of Germany the whole way through, you know. Um, and Germany had their chances. And looking at the scoreline, really, how Mexico stayed goalless at the same time, it, it's, it's hard to understand. I'm just looking at a picture of Oizel, um, Ozil, uh, Traxler and Cruz all standing over the ball. Fantastic, phenomenal players, but silenced on a day where they would have felt that they should at least come away with one point. Oh, I think, I think, uh, sorry, 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 uh, FBJ. I think you're, uh, connection is struggling a little bit here at this point. And actually, we'll take a natural break and come back to finish talking about Germany and Mexico. Mexico, when they come forward. Nicely done again. Here goes Hernandez. Taking on Boateng. He's got support here from Lozano. Cutting back inside. It's Lozano! It's 1-0 Mexico! And the man who shone through the qualifiers has lit up the opening game in Group F. It's Herving Lozano. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. And we were just talking about Mexico with a shock result against Germany. No one expected that one. Or were we? Did they? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bobby Matten. So <clears throat> you weren't part of the conversation at that point oh, but now you right. are so now you're up to speed and uh, what was your general thoughts anyway about mexico beating germany uh love loved it from a point of view as a neutral i was quite keen to see how mexico would perform because they did well in the qualification for central america and historically they've always been uh, a good team at major tournaments Having said that, Germany obviously the world champions. I mentioned earlier the big four with France, Brazil, Germany, and Spain. So this is that one of the big four teams. Germany didn't play poorly, but Mexico got that goal. Played real high tempo, high pressure, with really good movement off the board. They were so exciting to watch. I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys would agree with that, but from the teams I've seen so far on this tour, the Mexico definitely the one of the more enjoyable. They're very exciting. Yeah, Mexico played with passion, didn't they? They they were exciting to watch. They they played with passion. They played with urgency. They pressed, 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 and you know they did it all together, which was excellent. And 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 actually, they got the result that they wanted to get on the day. And for Germany, you know, to beat the reigning champions, uh, you know, Mexico. We haven't heard a lot about Mexico in the last uh, ten years, but for them to beat Germany in their first game. Um, and the guy who is leading it, um, I believe it's Lorenza, Lorenza if I'm right. Um, basically, Lozano, sorry. He he has been scoring. I heard big Lozano, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
he he's been scoring like wildfire through the through the qualifying r- rounds as well. So um, it's positive. It's positive, and uh, Germany's got a lot of work to do. Again, another team. Do you know what? Wouldn't it be great if this World Cup was won by an a total outsider outside of the top six, top eight? Wouldn't or top six? Wouldn't that be amazing? It, 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 was, it was certainly be entertaining for us neutrals to see a non-fancy team do well, a la Portugal of the Euros two years ago, or go back further, maybe Greece win the Euros 2004 with upset. So, FBJ is back in the room. We'll swiftly move through the next two to get through to the one that we probably want to spend a bit of time on. Uh, Sweden, South Korea, 1-0. There was rumours of South Korea having a bit of a deal with, I believe it was Senegal in a friendly where there was nobody allowed to come in apart from the teams so that no one could steal the tactics of the South Korean team. <laughs> okay. That's Say that again. No, what? what? Say so, that again. so they played in the stadium, which wasn't allowed to be attended by anyone apart from the teams in order to protect their anonymity and to protect their strategy and game playing and style. So that was South Korea versus... It's, it's, a, bit, it's a big thing because apparently someone was secretly recording and has shared that with other teams. Do uh, we know so, the result? Do, do, I, I, I didn't follow beforehand, but do we know the result? Is that hush hush or... Uh... So I, it's, been, it's been confirmed, but not confirmed that it took place and it happened. So basically, it's, it's no... If you remember the old uh, conversation between Fergie and Wenger around voyeurism and uh, recording people at training on the training ground uh, so that they could muster up their strategy, uh, this is a modern day case of the same thing. Now, it hasn't blown up and become common knowledge as wide, but I know it's something that's fresh in the middle. So that's just South Korea doing what they do. Um, but, but, you know, you, you do all of that. Only to lose one is to Sweden. So I thought it was more of a North Korea type of uh, effective plan there, but once again, not a politics show. I won't go into it. Uh, did, did you did you both watch the the Sweden South Korea game, gents? I did. I did. Um, look, I won't dwell on this game. It was a very <laughs> low, it, it wasn't a particularly interesting game. Pretty low quality, and I think it was one of those classic games where. A referee decision or a mistake or a moment of brilliance was going to define whether there would be a winner or a loser. And if this was the case, there's not much to see here. Um, two very average teams at best. Um, yep. I'm, I'm still shocked that Sweden beat Italy in the playoffs to get here. I'm still shocked by that, guys. How did they pull that off? I did not know. Yeah, we will never know. We will never know. I'm telling you, we will never know. Whichever <laughs> way we look at it. I've got thoughts on that, but maybe this isn't the forum to do it right now. <laughs> right. I've got a good friend who is Swedish. Eric, if you're listening, and I'm sure you probably will do, he'll probably be listening from Utah in America. And, and uh, we used to have banter whenever England used to play Sweden, which used to be some of the most amazing games and always would end up in a draw. Um, but um, well done, Sweden. You got the 1-0, you're three points up, and uh, got some... Interesting games coming up against the rest of the group, um, which includes Germany and Mexico. So um, this was a, a must-win for Sweden, um, and 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 that's probably the end of that. Group G: Belgium versus Panama. 
what a great start for the the, the Belgian stronghold. <laughs> that term. <laughs> I love Belgium, and there's like a really long pause. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's searching. It's, it, do you know what? It's um, two a.m. here in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> like Rover reporter CJ out out in the Kremlin. I've got to be careful not to not to stay up too late because I've got breakfast with um, with Putin actually. <laughs> um, but Belgium versus Panama. Belgium looked really slick. What do you guys think? Bobby, do you want to go first? Um, oh, I'll, I'll do a brief bit, guys, because I know we're running on time. Thank you, FBJ. Uh, I, this is one of the ones I thought she was, uh, was on during the day, so I only watched the highlights later on in the evening um, whilst watching the England game after that. Uh, Panama, they got that, that Saudi Arabia vibe of being really well organised and Playing reasonable football, but you know they'll give you a chance or two because they don't really know how to play at a higher level. So they, they, they came into the tournament as one of the lower seeds. It was always going to be better for them, I believe, to, to get out of the group. Belgium looked really, really good. I completely agree with that comment. They played well. What Belgium did is they took their chances really, really well. Like the Mertens goal, like Frank said earlier about Sweden versus South Korea, is going to need either a mistake or wonder goal. Panama were digging in so hard. They were really playing well. They were quite organised up to the point of the goal. Then Merton scores a wonder goal on the volley edgy area, top corner, and that's it, really. The game plan went out the window. The Kaku with the Bruyner, Hazard and Co. caught into the groove. Uh, the Kaku scores two goals. A great header from uh, the Bruyner's cross. And then that little chip over the goalkeeper for the, for the third goal. Belgium will look at that and think, that's it. That's a little statement on the tournament so far because bar uh, Russia's uh, 5-0 win over Saudi Arabia, that was the most definitive scoreline so far in the tournament. So, yeah, well played Belgium. But for Panama, yeah, it might be tough two games coming up, I feel. FBJ. Um, I, I, think, I, think, I don't think I've got anything more to add on top of what Rob has just said. It was a what you'd call... Or what they would say in the in in the industry, a professional performance. Um, they have the quality. Belgium showed it. I don't think they were particularly glittering, but they had they they they, they have better players. They're a better team. Just go out there, win, and 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 you know come back. Well, that was FPJ and his Virgin Media letting him down. Is he gone? He's gone again. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. Oh, this is... So let me uh, finish how can off. Me, how can me and you always find? Why is that? I, I don't know what's going on with him. And I, I suppose I'm going to have to get the technical guys to have a look at what his setup is and, and make sure he's okay. But he's going to be gutted. Oh. And he's going to think that we that someone is sabotaging him. From Virgin shall, Media. Shall, shall we finish off Belgium and um, Panama there? Shall we, I know he will have views to say on England and Tunisia, so I don't know if it's worth having a quick break before we go into that particular group. What do yep, you think? Yep, yep, yep. So my final thoughts around Belgium. Uh, look, end of the day, yes, they weren't perfect, but I tell you what, they were clinical. Yeah, They were decisive, and they played with uh, uh, ambition. 
in, in, in the times that needed. Or, you know, if you can play football and make it happen when you want to make it happen, that's for me. It's almost like they just turned it on when they needed to exactly, turn it on. Exactly, exactly. And, and so, well done, Belgium. It's it's the great start for them. They're another Holland, Argentina There's, yeah. type team, you know, who come to tournaments, don't show up, are flustered with stars, and, and nothing ever happens with them. Well, this, um, this is the goal generation... Um, CJ, this this is the team that about ten years ago, when they were coming through uh, under twenty one level, everyone was saying this team will win the tournament because De Bruyne has a company, Lukaku. There, there are so many that go and do get into the trip. And you have people in there like Lukaku's brother, and they've got a fantastic goalkeeper in Courtois. They've got Vermaelen in the fence, and they've got. Patonga in defence. They've got so many good players. Even Fellaini's there still. This is a generation that should win a tournament if you're looking at quality overall. So, yeah, Martinez under pressure. I think if they don't get to the last stage of the tournament, he'll definitely get sacked. Yeah, exactly. And they've like they've there yeah, golden era. Let's see what they can do. So we're going to take another break shortly, and we will come. Oh no, FBJ is back here, but we'll take a break anyway. Because we've got a bit of a segment to add. FBJ, okay. we are so sorry for your um, internet connection at this point in time. But we will be back shortly. Welcome back, Bobby Manns. We just give it a few moments for FBJ to come back into the room. But do you know tonight we've been covering, if you've just joined and listening to us, we've been covering the opening games of each group um, up until the last fixture. And we are now at the big point of Tunisia versus England. I just wanted to reintroduce my co-hosts co-hosts um it's late at night 2 a.m here in russia (laughs) (laughs) so do do we do apologize for a bit of the tongue twisters but my co-hosts are fbj yeah (laughs) awesome (laughs) and um I put some enthusiasm and then letting people know That's, I'm here. You're here. You've arrived. It's game time. Um, and then we've got Bobby Mans. Woo woo. There we go. So, um, yeah, let's move on. off in like a train. I was thinking, flashback to my. I'm in Boston. Next stop, Houston. Next stop, Houston. Okay, so we're on to the big one now England versus Tunisia. How do we think Gareth Southgate's boys fared on the night? Uh, uh, FBJ, as you said, kind a bit earlier, I'll let you go first this one, please. Um, do you know what? I'll, I'll try and keep this as brief as possible. Um, I've been quite encouraged by Southgate, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised I was going to say this because I wasn't really over enamoured by his appointment. But going into this game, he's picked a squad based on youth, guys who are playing regular football and in form. Um, 
and he's tried to bring an ethos of guys, just go and play. Um, and that that really showed when it came to the first thirty minutes of the game yesterday. They played with purpose. They played in I was going to say the English way, but the British way. Britain cannot play. The British teams cannot play like a Spain, a France, or whoever. They have their own identity, which is physical. Um, and when I mean physical, pace, pace, direct, getting it to the to the final third quickly. And I don't mean by aerial balls, but I mean it's purposeful. So it's really encouraging to see England um, start off that way, that way. Um, it was direct. They they had Tunisia in a whole world of problems in the first thirty minutes. I thought the front three, sorry, the three just behind Kane. I thought they were electric, created a half full of chances, but just didn't necessarily finish well. Um, I thought Sterling, despite scoring a ton of goals for Man City, his, his finishing is still questionable. And 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 if England are going to go deep in this tournament. Uh, you've got to bury those chances. And it, 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 I don't know what it is, but he seems to miss really, really good opportunities. Um, uh, Jesse Lingard? Lingard too. But I think I think with Lingard, I'm more encouraged that if you give him those same opportunities that he, he had um, against Tunisia, I, I'd be more comfortable in the fact that he probably would, would bury them. Um, Sterling, has been, he's been in England international for four years and for England, his finishing hasn't really progressed. So that's a concern because he's such a focal point for the team. Lingard, I think, will, will be a, a potent finisher. Um, but no, it was really, really good. I thought, even though that... Um, I thought Kane took his, his opportunity really, really well, and that's what he's there for. Um, I, I, you didn't really see him in, through the game. He had two moments, two mo- two moments and he took them. Um, and despite England going into the uh, halftime 1-1, I thought there was plenty to be encouraged about. Um, I spoke to Rob um, in a separate forum where um, we were discussing the defence, and I know Maguire, he, 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 he was, had his moments, but I thought it was a really good learning curve, and it's testament to, again, Southgate's belief in um, giving people a chance or being focused on youth because we argue, yeah, you know, so it's the same players always getting picked. Yeah. All right. If you give guys, new guys a chance, they're going to make mistakes. So it's part and parcel. Just let them learn for it. And Maguire, he, he steadied, you know, he steadied his performance as the game progressed. Um, I thought Tunisia's penalty was a penalty. I think I'm in the minority with that. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a penalty. Um, and it was unfortunate that England didn't maintain that blistering start. They just seem they seem to struggle in the second half. But it's not about you, you cannot maintain that you know that dominating performance for ninety minutes. I've never seen that before. The closest team I've seen to that is probably maybe Barcelona. Mm. But England showed other qualities that that builds success, which is determination and not giving up. And they just kept beating the door down and eventually the Tunisian wall cracked. Um, and I just one last point before I let uh, uh, the FA man come in. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought the, um, I thought the referee and, and, and his, uh, his cohorts in the VAR truck room were, I, I, 
it made me think, well, then I'm confused as to how is VAR being impl impl implemented because um, Harry Kane um, in particular, he was being, he was being, I mean, that's, that's touch tight defending the Tunisian guys were giving him. They, they, they were not letting him go bear hugs that you probably see in a WWE ring. Um, that's how, how, how tight if it is. you smell <laughs> rock bottom, yeah. But I, I think I think it was a very encouraging performance. It's, it's not one to get gassed. I think for an English team, they played well. A lot of players put in good performances, learning curves, and most importantly of all, the three points. Because if England get to the, the business end of the tournament, no one's really going to remember about how, you know, they, they eked out a, a three points win over Tunisia. So everything, you know, you, you can't really argue too much about, about the game and the performance, in my personal opinion. Bobby Manns. Well, well summarised, FBJ. The, Thank the, the, you. The, the, oh, it was really good. Not much more to add to that. The couple of things I would say is that, just touching on a couple of key points here, firstly with Southgate, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for... I would say the revival is probably not the right word to use, but I guess the the, the development of the national team uh, post Euro 2016, because if there's been lows in England's national hierarchy of years regarding performance of tournaments, that was definitely an all-time low. Not, we just played about Arsenal earlier, and they have they have done their due diligence as a nation. But let's be honest with you, we did no one expected them to go out in the second round to Iceland in the last tournament. So that was all time low. Allardyce came in. That didn't work out for reasons outside the football. Southgate's got the team. He's got a system in place which works on the benefits of the players at his disposal. Something that people don't usually do at national football is pay your best 11 players hope for the best. He's got for a system. He's put players in areas where they can be beneficial in that system. Like Walker playing as a right centre back because he's comfortable with possession, he's got pace in the game penalty a lot on Monday night. And he's got the team playing together as a group. There's a lot of harmony there. You mentioned ego about France earlier, didn't we, guys? Yeah. I, I, I maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but <clears throat> I don't sense any ego from England. You know what it is? It's, 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 a, it's a group, and I think Frank was the mix analogy earlier. Um, the sum of the parts are greater than the whole. You, you that, that's what I was trying to say. I, I knew, I knew you'd get it, Rob. I knew you. <laughs> Thank you, PJ. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I think Nav, Gary Neville made quite a inflammatory comment about. He says the only world class player in that team is Harry Kane. Um, I don't think world class players win tournaments. Ronaldo will, will say otherwise, but I don't think they do. I think world class teams win tournaments. And if England are going to go far, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but if they go far in the tournament, it's because the team has performed at a high level. So Southgate, fair dues there. As for the match, um, that Prem pace, that Frank loves, the Premiership pace, I think we saw that in the first half an hour, as you alluded to. What I loved about that first 30 minutes, and I will get a little bit excited here, is that it reminded me of, I would be all three of us Liverpool fans, and Frank and I said this in a separate chat last night, the real reason why I enjoyed watching the pool last season, especially the run to the Champions League final, was they played football with energy and purpose and intensity. Since what Mexico did against Germany, and England did that in the first 30 minutes. It was really good to watch. It was dynamic, it was direct, it was creative, and Tunisia could not get anywhere near England. I know they aren't one of the favourites for the tournament, but as a national team in a tournament that you don't have to part for 30 minutes, there should be more than one goal, to be honest with you. Um, I get a certain point. 
two goals in four years and you're basically a forward slash winger, that's not good enough. So that's the area. In the cup, we have relied on Harry Kane this tournament. We need goals throughout the whole team. So that's a slight worry. Uh, also, I'll say a bit of a worry was second half performance because what it seemed to me was that the energy levels dropped with the natural, the heat. Uh, and it wasn't that there wasn't that kind of purpose of the game where they could just pass the ball through the opposition and keep the ball ticking over and force them back. It was very much run to edge of the area and turn back and then look for a cross. It became very predictable quickly. Uh, that's something that you learn for a tournament, right? You kind of get these situations. Okay, what can we do better in the next game? Which is why I think if you're England fan, you look at the Panama game or something thinking, can we up what we did in the first half against Nizia and do it for 90 minutes? So, yeah. Also, the penalty, I agree with Frank. I don't know why Walk's arm is out there. He's appealing the player in the box. It's a stupid foul. It's a penalty. Nizia, after the goal, was so much better as well, I felt. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but they they look rattled that first half of an hour. They got the goal and then they got their pride and they got into the game as well. So, it was a good battle for England. I think if you were looking at that as a neutral, you would say the better team won. And Frank said, the main thing is win your first game with the tournament, sets you up for the second game with the tournament, and then you can kind of focus then looking forward. So, yeah, well done, England. Yeah, so, you know, in, 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 in for, for what you guys have said, I agree. There's some things that I probably need to highlight for us, which um, probably need a little bit of coverage. So, the first one is the ability to finish inside the box with snapshots. So, Jesse Lingard had a couple of chances, which really he should have buried and, and seen away, um, which would have got the party off to an earlier start, which could have seen a 3-4-0. Now, let's not forget, let's not forget that Tunisia, out of all the African teams, are the top African team. Good point. Right, let's not forget that. But also, let's not forget that being that type of position, they are very well and very stingy st- st- uh, defensive. They have a very def- st- very stingy defensive way. So, thank you, sir. Wow. Yeah, so basically, they, they don't give up goals easily, and, and they will frustrate the hell out of you, and that's where they make their money. So, and we saw that in parts. They defended very well against... Look, for me, that first half of football was the best half of football I've seen England play in an opening tournament game in a very long time. Yeah, agreed. Very long time. I was pleasantly pleased with the way that they have adopted their their possession style and pacey, as FBJ said earlier, premiership style of play, which is turning it on to quick successional passes to get to places and take on people and make them dance a bit. I you know, that is something that I haven't seen in this. When you remember, the, you remember the days of um, what's his name, Joe, who was a centre mid, centre midfielder, attacking centre midfielder, used to play at Chelsea, moved to Joe Cole. Ah, Joe do you Cole. remember them days when he was trying to do yeah. his foolishness outside of the box of of his own box, give the ball away, and then they'll go and score? Do you remember those days? These guys don't do that. These guys don't give up the ball or take on people in the wrong part of the pitch. These guys know, you know, and what was really great is they went backwards to go forward. But do you know why they're going backwards to go forward? I'll tell you why. (laughs) They're going backwards to go forward because now the likes of Stonesy can play with the ball at his feet. 
which is why I said earlier exactly it's a system, isn't it? You play with two favourite stones. Uh, so your favourite stones, Maguire and Walker, who cut for possession. Comfortable. Yeah, they can bring the ball into midfield and get extra midfield in that area to overload that position on the pitch. So yeah, Correct. I completely agree. So in the in the old days, you put it back towards the centre half. They put it great towards the keeper. What happens next? Hoof. You lose possession. <laughs> yeah. That's that is basically what happened. Now the ball goes back, and these guys are making intelligent choices because they know they can hold on to the ball. You know, Stones didn't get forward much. Maguire did. I was really impressed that most of the time, Maguire was in the left midfield wing position, deep in the third of the other of the opponent's half. That was yeah. really encouraging. And actually, he couldn't. He could join in with the attack. So that's for me the fact that. Now England can hold on to the ball at the back is fantastic because even when the pressure comes, they can play it out, which is which is great. So that's a million miles away from the days of Saul Campbell, from the days of Tony Adams, from the days of Rio Ferdinand. Where oh, Rio's a harsh one. That was what Rio's comfortable. What? Come on, is Rio more comfortable than Stonesy right now? Come on, I, I would say arguably that, that that that's definitely a yes in my opinion. I don't know what you two would agree with that. I, I I think I think it. it I think it's a hard, not necessarily Ferdinand, but I think it's a harsh, slightly harsh comment to make because football has evolved through what, 20 years? So football has evolved in, 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 in the 10, 12 years when some of these names that you've mentioned were playing football. It's not, uh, it's, it wasn't as possession based. Now, at all levels of football, there's so much emphasis on possession. To the point where no one plays four four two anymore. They flood the midfield yeah, because yeah. it's all about possession. No, so, you're right. And and actually, the, the additional factor to that is actually Ferdinand was probably the only one being able to do it, which then brings intense pressure to him because you closed on the guy, the only guy that can do it. Whereas and and and, and it wasn't England's system at that yeah. time. It was it was he was it was more about defending and then letting the the the, the good talented players on the ball or the, the, the match winners or the more quality players higher up the pitch do their yeah. thing. You just defend. But now defenders are asked to do far more, which is probably why the, the quality of defender is actually um, less now. You know, the, the, the simple things that maybe we grew up with seeing defenders do, we don't necessarily see it now. Like, oh, has this defender made this mistake? Because they're asked to do far more. And one key thing is be comfortable on the ball and set well, it's goes again. <laughs> it's like this is there is a data sniper that is oh, um, on, on his case. Sorry. But I was I was just about to joke with FBJ, saying that actually me and Bobby Manns used to do that in Iverson Park on a, <laughs> on, a on a regular basis. You know, you when give you the ball to us. No, we Football we, pitch, right, we exactly. We we were ahead of the time. We were bringing the ball out, making runs downfield, finishing things off. You know, so um, yeah. So you know, but the point is granted. Around actually, it was a different time, different era, and and actually, Rio Ferdinand would have stood out like a sword thumb in that sense, and 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 therefore been put under pressure with players around him who couldn't do the same. And if you look at what happens is as soon as that centre-half picks up the ball, there is support from the midfield knowing that the press is going to come, which is going to free. It's a team ethic. It's a team thing. So I was terribly impressed with that. That was really positive. The other thing I was really impressed with is Stones and Maguire. Yeah. 
not only are they in there because of their finesse on being able to carry the ball and hold the ball at the feet and actually are very good defenders who are really talented. It's the fact that they're really good in the air. Yeah, we saw both, both goals, right? Right. So both goals came from... The first goal came from Stonesy with a great header towards the keeper. Keepers knocked it down. It's a great save, by the way. Uh, great, <laughs> fantastic save. And then Harry Kane just knocked it away. Predators goal. So yeah. that's the first one. Second one, Maguire um, gets up, heads it, comes to Harry Kane, nods it in. So... They're assisting in the air and showing dominance in the air as well, which actually, if you're not really thinking about it, Stones and Maguire are a triple threat. They can defend, love they that. can carry the ball, and they are fantastic in the air as well. So I, I, his choice. Now, here's a big thing, and this might be slightly controversial. You may agree or disagree with this, okay. but I think Pep Guardiola's influence on the premiership is one of the sole reasons why football in the England team has changed significantly. And the reason why, let me qualify that. Okay. The reason why is because the first thing he did was got rid of Joe Hart. And I think because of the emphasis of getting rid of Joe, Joe Hart and what he's done with the central defenders at Man City, that has had a... I think Gareth Southgate has looked at that and said, yeah, we need to transform this game into what we can play with the players that we've got around us. If you look at this squad, this squad has Sterling. This squad has uh, Walker. This squad has Stones, right? Who... Dolph as well. <laughs> the, the FA, who are completely different players from, from before. Uh, Sterling, I don't recognise him. He's not the same player that I saw playing in day in day at Liverpool. I don't recognise him. Walker has always been the way he has, but actually it's even better now compared to when... So there is a direct influence from the Premiership around Man City that has... Because right now we would have Joe Hart in goal, which then changes the, the ability to play a ball out, you know? So for me, that significant change just brought everybody into the new era and goodbye to all, all the old. Now, someone who, two people who I was really impressed with, Jordan Henderson, wow, he was spreading the ball around like he was Beckham. <laughs> you know, and that's not, I'm not trying to like big him up. He was playing good crossfield balls to switch the side of attack. Fantastic. That's what you want from him. And actually, he was marching people around. He was he's not the captain, but he was marching people around. You do this, you do that. We, I guess we, we we got a couple of leaders in our team, haven't we? People like here. Yeah. Great. Uh, obviously Kane, Stones, I think it's captain of the Messi at some point in his time yeah. there. So yeah, yeah. You, you look at players who have got that level of experience at high level. Yeah. And you got Ali, who's young, but he's I still think he's a leader, even if he doesn't say it, he's definitely yeah, a leader. Yeah. I um, Strong character. And, and then the person who I was really impressed with was Trippier. Oh, I'm glad you said that. He was my man of the match last night. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, I was I was like, where's this guy been? I, you know? oh, Spurs fans listening will be like, what are you talking about, CJ? No, no, in terms of the in terms of the England squad, where has this guy been? Okay. okay. Not in terms of the Tottenham squad, in terms of the, the England squad. And actually, Ashley Young doesn't need to be taking free kicks. Would you, you, you put Trippier on them then instead, would you? Bring on Rashford. 
Oh, so you beat him off for a free kick only? Yeah. Same grid iron. Yeah. The same grid iron. I think you're looking at the guy, but come on. Um, but at the same time, I think Rashford should have got the start over Lingard. By the way, that replicates the system, but carry on. I, 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 there's, there's a couple of points. Um, there's a couple of points I want to mention. Undoubtedly, yes, Pep being in, 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 in England and, his, and what he's brought to the Premier League, um, you can see that there's an effect. However, I think this effect has actually happened before Pep was there. Um, because if we, we mentioned Sterling, just as an example, mm-hmm. he, he it, I'll, I'll put it another way, right? Let's tell it like it is. The bulk of England's squad is based around three clubs, in my personal opinion. Man City, Spurs and Liverpool. Um, not maybe, If not necessarily the personnel, the, the way how they play, it's all quite similar. Get it to the front quickly. Pace, trickery. There's, there's a common theme between the three teams and how they play football. Yeah. And, 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 and Liverpool... Did, but doing that, if you look at the last World Cup, Liverpool, that fateful season where they finished second, it, they, they, it's, it's similar to what you see now with Liverpool. It's di- different dynamics, but there's a similar theme. Poch with Spurs, they, they, you know, he's been at Spurs longer. There's been that. Pep has been there, there too. So if you look at the, the bulk of the, 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 the players in, in the England squad, and I'd even throw... Um, I know, you know, a couple of them have fallen out, namely Drinkwater, but Leicester, when the year that they won the Premier League, again, it was slightly different, but it's very much press from the front, movement quick, just, you know, it's it's all swift. So, yeah, template, isn't there? Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say, Pe- Pep's just, he's just another dynamic that's added to what was grown. I think the key thing is that you've got now got a manager who is brave enough to, do you know what? I'm going to be different in the fact that I'm not going to do what all the other managers have done. And the fact that he's also worked with a lot of these players at youth level and he knows what they can do and he knows what they're capable of doing. And him being like a manzi, a fellow FA man, he, 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 he's, he's bought into the whole um, St. George's Park. And we're seeing the, 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 the fruits of the youth team set up with under 17s and under 20s and whatnot. It, they're, they're all going out and being far more dynamic on the ball, whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago is not necessarily the case. So I, I think it's happened before Pep has gone here, but he's just added to the mix. Um, mm. In terms of, of, of Henderson, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think he's been playing well for, in my personal opinion, for six months. I think he was my man at the match yesterday. Okay. I, think, I think the thing is, is that, his injuries for Liverpool have actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, FBJ. FBJ yeah. it's, uh, so, do you know what? Let's try and dial him back in uh, and, and see if we can. On what he was saying about Henderson there. Um, but I agree, you know, uh, Henderson had a fantastic game. Um, he, he looked sprightly. Um, he <laughs> was. was was spreading the ball around with ease, um, and and some of even his kind of straight linear 
inside middle of the pitch balls to the edge of the box to uh, to Harry Kane to hold it up was very accurate. His accuracy was very high, you know, and I, I can't I can't doubt that at all. So FBJ, sorry, you were saying about Henderson. Yeah, no, I, I I think the injuries. Yeah, I didn't know what he brought to the table, but he's grown, uh, and and also it's limited his um, physical. Well, because of the injuries, you can see that he's had to change his game. He's far more stationary. He's not that running like a headless chicken. He stays right in front of the the, the back four, and he sprays it about. So now he has purpose to his game. I actually can see what he does. Um, which I think that comes through the injuries because I don't think he's the same physically, the same player that he was a few years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought um, Trippier was 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 good. Um, you, I, I, you mentioned a player who I think, yeah, perhaps may may lose his place, and Rob probably might speak more about this. Ashley Young, I thought he he was okay, but. Because he's not a natural left foot, left-footed player, he stopped a lot of play, you know, because he wants to cut in on his right. So it would either go back, or or, or he he would cut inside, and and the, the, the passage of play gets lost. So I would like to see um, Danny Rose, who I think is a is a better player. Full stop. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that would be the the the, the natural change against um, Panama. But um, yeah, that aside, I agree with a lot of the points that both you and um, and, and 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 CJ, sorry, both you. Bobby Mans. So hey, guys. So here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, what? in terms, so you're right. I I would like to see Danny Rose on the pitch. I mean, what's scary in a really positive way is the fact that you still got Vardy to unleash. You know, you still got Rashford to unleash. You still got, um, you know, that's. That's positive, you know. That's something that you know, that people can come on. And depending on the shape and the, of the game, as games start to open up, there will be space for someone like Vardy. There will be more time for 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 Rashford. But I I think personally, Jesse Lingard, um, personally, unless he can become accurate in terms of his uh, shots on goal, um, for me. He, he he needs to be, but that will change the system, and that's a different conversation yeah, for, then another, then for another me, day. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm about to go into it. Yeah, let's forget that. Should we go to Group no. H then? Sorry, say again. Should we go to Group H then? Is that, is that your your segue? Yeah. So actually, what we'll do is um, we'll quickly do a synopsis. We we, we want to go into VAR, and uh, and really, this is a great opportunity to do so. Uh, Harry Kane was rugby tackled to the ground. Um, and VAR just didn't seem to do the job that it was so simple to do. And I can't understand why, for the life of me, they wouldn't have given that as a penalty compared to similar situations in that game and in other games as well. So do you guys think, would you say that it was definitely a penalty or... Out of a scale of one to ten, how off were they in this VAR situation? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to feel this. I, I, I think yeah, there were more than one penalty shouts for England. Um, again, it's it's just it, that's the disappointing thing about VAR. What what quantifies as 
what the, the guys are reviewing because I thought that's part of that, those kind of challenges are part of what VAR is supposed to solve. So, um, it, it yeah, yeah it, it's just I guess the FIFA officials they need to make it clear as to how and when is VAR used because that for me was a blatant um, example of what VAR has been introduced into 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 football for to 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 stop that kind of stuff and penalise defenders who are doing those kind of um, challenges in inverted commas. It's insane. It's it's you know I've seen some really comical errors by defenders which. This doesn't, you know, so I think it was it MTT who had the handball in the box. Yeah, it was really You know, it, it, <laughs> the, the game's changed. You can't get away with things like that anymore. You know, there was a, we're shortly going to talk about it, a defender in the Colombia game against Japan who did the same type of thing. You, you've got this taking down of Harry Kane in the fashion that, that Tunisia did. I mean, what goes through the minds of defenders? Do they not know and realise that these aren't the days of Maradona where you can get away <laughs> with stuff? You know, everything is under watch and you will be penalised, if not now, later. I, I, I think what you do, though, isn't it? It's one of those ones where you push and push and push and push the envelope until you get caught and they say sorry and you push it again. So he got away with it, that guy on Monday night with the hurricane one. So he'll probably try and do it again um, against Belgium next week Monday. He got away with it. That, that's, that's, that's the psyche of a footballer. What can I do that might be picked up? Or what can I do to help my team win? That's... Well, interestingly, wouldn't have VAR been fantastic in the Champions League final? But, well, the thing is, though, the officials were, were, were minded by... It's about Carrius and uh, Elba, right? That's correct. Carriers did go to referee and to referee sister. Do you not see that? And question both of them. They've ever ignored them. So, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of that segment. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> let's not dwell on that too much. Uh, we might have nightmares. It always carries. Uh, <laughs> Plus, my limos arrived for me to go to my evening uh, outing here in Russia. <laughs> that's a, that's a um, that does really sound dodgy. I'm actually not doing that. Just so you know, <laughs> it's a married um, man. I am a married man. I shouldn't be saying things like that. Um, but basically, the last group, um, Colombia versus Japan. Uh, really, <laughs> Japan, they were part... Okay, so the, the big decision was the, hand, the, the, the yeah. blatant handball. Yeah. Um, and that kind of changed the game because not only was it a handball, it was a clear goal scoring chance. It was in yeah. the box and he got sent off. Um, and that changed... Well, that changed the suitability of the game, which was really odd because all of a sudden, Colombia started to play football with 10 men. And it's the old adage of the 10 men syndrome where you play with like you play with 12 men. Um, they equalised, which was really good to see. And then, obviously, very late in the game, Japan got the 2-1. Now, there were parts of the game where Japan, Japan were their own worst enemy up until that second goal because they slowed the game down so much. There was points of it where, do you know when the referee blows the whistle for a free kick and everybody's just walking around because they're waiting for the ball to turn, come into the pitch before the free kick's taken. Yeah. Japan slowed the game down to that speed where they were almost having conversations with the ball at their feet. (laughs) 
I was besides myself. I'm like, are these are these guys for real? They they they're not even passing the ball. They were doing like little one-two passes between the two same two people fifty times. You know, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but because of that, they allowed Colombia back into the game with ten men. I'm not sure if you guys saw the game. Did you guys see the game? You you know I did. You know I did. <laughs> of <course> he did. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, obviously the, the red card is the first red card of the World Cup. I, 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 it was a clear, clear red red card, so no arguments on that. I think um, once they got the goal, look, at the end of the day, Colombia are most likely going to be a better possession team than Japan. So Japan, it was they're one nil up. They can afford to be pragmatic, whereas you'd probably look for teams to emphasise their one man advantage. Japan is like, we'll only switch up when we need to, should we need to. Yeah. Um, it's for Colombia to, to, to do something here. And, and, and for large parts of the, 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 the game, Colombia, it was a brilliant free kick for the equaliser, but you could see it was coming because Japan were giving up so much possession. But in the second half, it was pretty much all Japan. or They, they, they shaded the game as far as I was concerned anyway. So you can see that a second goal for Japan was coming. Um, I thought I thought Falcao was starved of a bit of service, if I'm being honest. But that could have been down to the fact that they were one man down. I thought um, I thought Japan, in from their point of view, I thought they did what they had to do. It was good to see Kagawa there. I'm a big fan of his. I think it was really unfortunate the way how he was used at Man United. I would. He's exactly the type of player that, you know, I'm being from a selfish point of view, that I would love to see at Liverpool because with Coutinho going, you'd fit that bill. But that's another story. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, again, I keep saying it, three points is three points. Japan got the three points, Colombia didn't. So now the, the, the pressure is on Colombia to do something. Japan now can go into the next round of games in what is a very competitive group yeah, I think this I'm, is probably, I'm just going to say that. It's a good group, group H, isn't it? Very yeah, I think I think this is the most tight. This is the tightest group of them all because they're all near enough similar level. Um, so when you get that win, that is a huge marker for you because yes, it kicks you forward, but it puts the pressure on your 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 opponents that they've got to try and catch up now in in, in what is yeah certainly. Certainly, everyone would feel going into this group, it all feel that they've got a strong chance to get out of the group before the first round of fixtures were played. Do you know what's really interesting? I mean, they brought off one Cordoado, and I, 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 I think that was a big mistake, personally. He was one of the most experienced, very pacey player. Um, and actually, had they had kept him on, I think they would have had more chances and possibly end this game in a draw, uh, if not won it. I think when they made that, substitution really what they were saying is we're just gonna try and stay as we are and not push and play slow the game down to our advantage um the thing about Cuadrado is he likes to get forward likes to get in behind the defense and and put some great balls into the box which will give Falcao the service and you know Colombia could be looking at something completely different so um yeah it's going to be a fight to the death really for Colombia because you know they've lost the first game they've lost a key person and uh, they'll have to bounce back from this um in order to qualify uh, final game gents uh Poland versus Senegal save the best or last they say 
Uh, I'll be honest with you, gents. Uh, this this came on was on whilst I was coaching this evening, so I haven't done the result. I don't know much about it, so I'll leave you to esteemed colleagues of mine to discuss Senegal and Poland. Well, there was a controversial part, which I'm sure FBJ would cover in his bit. So, um, again, this was another one, right? Which I did watch as well. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought Senegal. Um, deserved the three points. I thought they were the better team throughout the 90 minutes. It was purposeful. Um, I thought Poland showed endeavour, but not much. Um, I didn't, I was never, I, wouldn't, I wasn't believed in that their, their attacks were purposeful. It was just we're attacking, but I never really felt that they were going to score up until they did. Um, but no, Senegal deserved the three points. I thought they, they, they were strong. Um, one of the, the, the negatives about African football is that it, it can be very over-physical. And I felt Senegal had the right blend of being physical without being reckless. Mm-hmm. They were strong. They were imposing. They were purposeful. Good to see my, my main man, Mane, um, leading the team. Um, Captain Mane, I love it. <laughs> Captain Mane, yeah, you know, they, they they were good, and then you know they got the goal, and then there was a controversial moment where I believe it was Nyang, he had gone off, he would be you know gone off for treatment. The the official on the side waved him on, the officials had waved him on, and then there was a, a effectively a long punt from Senegal up to um, Poland's. Um, uh, 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 half uh, where the point of the, clar- sorry point of clarification I, I believe it was a uh, a long pass back by Krakowiak oh there you go details details um, where the, the Polish defender he I feel sorry for him and I don't because I think had it been more known that the player was coming on um, because he was the only the, the Polish defender was the only guy there so literally, Niang's come on, and it's him and the Polish defender, and there's a long punt, and he he's on. Is like, is he on? I, I, there was no real clear. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> Virgin Media. <laughs> li- li- literally, just as he's getting to the juice bit as well. Just as he I, got I, to I, the juice you can imagine fbj's last ditch call he's got one one percent on his phone he's in the middle of some building and he's only got one chance to tell whoever he's just rang where he is and he says i am at the Typical. Um, so, yeah, basically, essentially, um, Kokovets played his long ball back, which was a pr- which was a really silly long ball to play back because it was a it wasn't on the ground back to the defenders. It was an aerial ball to the defenders, so it's really tricky to deal with. Well, are you sorry, Jack? Is this one where they played the back because someone was injured and he's and he's starting play? No, 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 no. So basically, he was kind of. Um, what ten, five say five ten yards off the center circle right. um, in the op- opposition's half. He's he's lobbed the ball back towards his defenders to help him get out of trouble and start oh, the attack right. again. Sorry. Okay. And as he's done that, 
obviously Niang is has gone off and he's at the halfway line because you come on at the halfway line, don't you? Yeah. The referees actually said come on, and at that point of him saying come on, he's ran towards the goal essentially from the halfway line. The the defenders, back, the yeah, way. the defenders look to to in the air to to locate the ball, not really registering that Yang's back in the game. The keepers come flying out, absolutely flying out. Um, he hasn't dealt with it. He's actually had to pull out of the challenge. Really, what should have happened is the defender should have got a shout from the keeper and just whacked it away. There should be some sort of code shout, whatever, to get rid of it. Um, FBJ, we were just at that point. Um, of it, if you want to take back over mate yeah no that that was it it, was, it just just to summarize it was defenders or, or players not taking accountability for their own actions and taking it away from the officials if you do your job even though there's a moment of controversy but if you do your job then there doesn't become this situation and if the defender or the keeper had spoken to each other and done their job this whole thing about whether Niang's come on at, you know, is he, is, he, is he allowed to come on? We're not sure. It's immaterial. Just do your job. Um, but like I said, the same defender, again, I can't pronounce his name. Um, CJ, you are the Polish representative. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'll have to, I have to check it. Go, go for he, it. He, he actually scored the goal, the, the consolation goal for well, Poland. Well, well, guys, guys, so what actually happens? So the ball went back to the defender. So the ball went back towards the, well, the ball to Kokovia played and, and actually that's that's for me that's where it starts. FBJ, why is a centre midfielder of his nature who played in Seville, Seville as it's Sevilla, sorry, Alex um, Brom, uh, and and yeah, and why would you play such a high ball back towards your defenders, knowing that playing such a ball means that you're putting them under pressure to control the ball and get the ball back into play. So that's for me, that was my first and foremost um he, he was playing it back to Pazdan. Yeah, playing it back to Pazdan. Right. So that's that would be my first and foremost gripe. Why are you playing that type of ball in that type of area? Um regardless, and it was a poor ball either way. So that's the first thing. So Niang's come on, he's taken touch, takes it touch, his touch takes it past the keeper, he's got too much pace. Pajan can't recover, he taps it in. It's 2-1. Okay, okay. That's what happens, yeah? It's clean, easy, straightforward goal. You can't miss it. And that's what's happened. Now, some highlights, actually, that we probably need to transgress towards and talk about is, um, yes, there's the accountability factor around the defence um, in that instance. But let's rewind. Because you would not believe that Poland have a player called Lewandowski who plays for them. So in all that we have said, Lewandowski didn't really figure throughout the whole match. And right. neither does he drop off to, to get something going. He, he, he's almost non-existent. You know? um, and I think that Bayern Munich style of play, going back to the early points you guys were making, going back to where you've got the quality to feed you the ball, you have to find some involvement some way to get things going. And um, unfortunately, for someone of his class, he might as well have not been on the pitch, in my personal he, opinion. He was that bad, was he, guys? He's non-existent in this I game. Don't think, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he was bad, in my personal opinion. It's, it's the, 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 the best way I can analyse it or, or summarise it is 
if, if you take someone like Kane, who, barring his two goals, didn't really do... You, you didn't really see him in the game, right? right. But he's not, he's not really there mm-hmm. to... He, ca- he has that ability to nip play. We've seen him do it for Spurs. We've seen him do it for England. But I think since his injury, he hasn't really done that in my eyes. Oh, FB, FBJ, you are... Technical difficulties there. Yeah, uh, sorry for the te- technical uh, difficulties. FBJ, you're cutting out a little bit. I'll try again. Oh, Yo, can you hear me, guys? Oh, yeah. yeah you. Great. Fantastic. He's back. back. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, so, you guys can still hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you're, if you're okay, going yeah. off, we'll, we'll just interrupt you, sir. Okay, cool. No, um, um, he's got guys who will knit, play together and feed him the ball. But Lewandowski hasn't got that. Yeah. He's not somebody I would attribute to. He will bring link up or this, that, the other. His, his game is about finishing it. You give me the ball, I will do the rest. So, and because the supporting cast that he's he's playing with isn't of, they haven't got that class. So he he might as well he may look non-existent or he might as well not even bother being there. But it's it, you've got to give him the ball, give him the ball, and let him finish. Um, he, he he's not like a Ronaldo. Not many people are where <laughs> he himself can conjure up his own opportunities. Lewandowski isn't that. He he's. Give me the ball and I will finish. I will win us the match. But just give me the ball. So, um, th- so this is really interesting because now what we're talking about is tactics and 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 uh, and the coaching tactics in that. Now, uh, Poland decided to play with a four-two-three-one. Okay. Which, based on the summary you've just made, FBJ, it is the opposite end of what you're trying to achieve, because a four-two-three-one means that you've got an, a, the, the person who is in, in the nine position is like a Jamie Vardy in that type of formation. Lewandowski is not a Jamie Vardy and neither would he ever be. So you can't play a 4-2-3-1 without having some sort of assistance, support, near man, double man, uh, high five man next to him to be able to feed him in those dangerous places. If he's playing up front alone, it means that there's going to be quite, and you don't, they don't have the talent to get the ball to feet to him in dangerous places. Actually, just play a 4 4 2. You know, just play a 4 4 2. Give him the support he needs. Take some pressure off him. He's getting double marked. Who was the number 10, by the way, CJ? He played it. Was it Zelinski or someone? Krakowiak. Krakowiak. He's a holding mid, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's actually very good. Yeah, he's a well, yeah, yeah, he's a holding midfielder, but he's he's he's, he's, he's there attacking. He's yeah, he he's plays there attacking midfielder actually. But you see, this okay. is what I'm saying. They need to, for me, they need to bring on a second striker and play four four two, and allow Lewandowski to have the support, which will then allow them to hold the ball up, get him in neat little places, involve him in the game. I agree. Okay. You know, but don't play a four two three one. Because a four-two-three-one means that your your striker up front is a, is a, is the type to chase down the ball, is the type to pressure, uh, and Lewandowski doesn't do that. So that's it. I mean, what was really positive about Senegal is the fact that Sadio Mane didn't actually have much much to do. wasn't much involved. When I look at the game, he didn't do too much. In fact, the rest of the team did a lot, which is really positive. Um, and do you know what? You're right, FBJ. Around they. This Senegal team has a level of European finesse. 
Can I say that? They have, a, a, they're not, they're well organized. They know how to string really important passes in the right place. There was one uh, particular through ball, which I was like, wow, I didn't even know they had that in them. It's fantastic through ball. They missed the opportunity on the end of it. They were playing, they were getting in behind. They have the speed and power and pace to get in behind Poland. Um, and, and, and it's very threatening. So for me, out of all the African teams I've seen, Senegal look like they are the most, um, how do I put this, finesse style of football. And I think we'll see more from this Senegal team. Yeah, no, just yeah, just on Senegal. Yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. And I think, not because they, they're the only African team that has won a game, I think they are probably Africa's best best hope because they seem there's a level of balance. But um, yeah, no, it's interesting with the 4-4-2 you, you mentioned with Poland. I I, can, I I agree with you and I, I don't agree with you. Clearly Lewandowski needs help, but then the whole thing of give him the ball with his 4-4-2, then you're giving up you're giving up um, you're giving up a key attribute within the midfield because it's a possession game. If you don't have the ball, how can you get it to the, your, your, your main man? Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the, the, the Polish squad in depth, but I, I would certainly look to, towards yeah maybe changing it up or going for a four-three-three, where um, Lewandowski has got guys either side of him who would help him, but they, they can also drop off as well and be impactful in, in in the midfield. Basically, get possession and get it to him. That's what you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. CJ, as you, as you are a Polish correspondent at the moment, no Milik, the striker, is he in their squad? Do you know? Yeah, so Milik came came on. He was in the stroke, but he, okay. he, he wasn't playing furthest forward. You know, he wasn't playing furthest forward. So, look. I, I, yeah. I, I was thinking he and Lewandowski Two big, powerful guys. It could hurt some teams if they didn't go well. Just, just thinking about that. Exactly, and and yeah, exactly. But it's also about arranging. Like I didn't see Bochikovsky getting up and down the the wing as much. I didn't see that from um, Groshik. I didn't see they they looked very. Um, they didn't. They didn't look. Did you know in the lot in the last Euros they looked pacey? Yeah. They looked pacey. They looked dangerous. They looked like they were going places. Um, this time round, they don't. They don't look pacey. It's almost like they're old, you know. Um, Two years on, but yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so I mean, my view is Poland's got to sort themselves out. They've got to change their shape. Involve your big man. You know, every other team involves the big man. Yeah, that's it. If you've got a, a superstar player like that, you involve them. You get them involved as much as possible. See, the only thing that's lacking in Lewandowski's game is the fact that he, he he's almost outside of the 18-yard the box. He, he's almost like he <laughs> there is no Lewandowski. But honestly, he's honestly. Cool, he's, he's like, yeah, he's, honestly. He's, 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 he's Lidica and Shearer and Crespo with that era of Guys just score goals. Don't read anything else. Just yeah. Goals. yeah, yeah. But the modern games change, and you've got to be able to do stuff that Bale does, Christian Ronaldo does, Messi does. You know, as a and you know they're different types of attacking players, but you've got to be able to of that caliber. You've got to be able to come and take the game to the next level. And um, he just doesn't have that, and so therefore you've got to rearrange your strategy to do that. I mean, Poland are still playing pre. Uh, 
Iron Wall football in one sense in that way. Um, <laughs> wow. They've reverted to that. Whereas in the Euros, they were really a positive playing forward playing team. Um, whereas I haven't, I didn't see that in that last game. I don't know what it was. So if they change the tactics, I think they'll be all right. But if they carry on with the performance that they just had, I don't, they're not going to get out of the group. So, gentlemen, listeners, I think we've come to the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> It's been fantastic talking. Um, obviously, uh, Russia have qualified. Well, well, te- tentatively, yeah. tentatively have qualified because of their win over Egypt. It was an emphatic win as well, and they did it in style. Uh, they, they're playing with a lot of oomph as a home team, and they look good. And who knows where they can go? Many more fixtures to come in this second second game of all groups um, going forward, and uh, it's been exciting to watch so far. And uh, Russia has been positive, contrary to what everyone believes ahead of the World Cup kicking off. But we're still in early days. And uh, to all of the people out there who have been going along to the games and tickets, um, all I have to say is Nastrovia. Good night from (laughs) FBJ, Bobby Manns and myself. This is the unofficial official World Cup podcast of 2018. Russia. Good night. Young with the clip across. Clawed away. Put in now, though. And put in by Captain Kane. England have set off on their World Cup road. Fakhradin Ben Yusuf went down in a tangle with Carl Walker. You're not going to get away with that these days. Sassy steps up, and he scores right in the corner. I mean, listen, the referee's not even looking at it. Harry Kane again has been wrestled to the ground. It's unbelievable. Harry Kane again. Two goals for the captain. It's a great header from by the way. Just swivels, finds the back of the net. Reached the quarterfinals of a World Cup, Cameroon in 1990, Ghana in 2010 with the others. His guy takes a deflection, and Senegal take the lead. As an own goal for Chonic. On the hand, back on the field, and he's found the goalkeeper, and he'll get there first. Chesney furious with Krikoviak. And Niang could just be called back up by the referee.